Content warnings for this video game are listed in the podcast description. me doing my vocal warm-ups hello <laughs> hello <laughs> just hanging out backstage uh that's right yeah we're about to go we're about to go on uh you know that this like guy mr door he seems pretty cool he seems pretty cool Mm-hmm. what's he up to though back there you know like everything's dark in here and there's no crew members it's kind of weird <laughs> Uh, and I've never and I've never heard of him before now. Uh, yeah. You'd think, you know, it's like a big talk show host. You'd think you would have heard of him before. Yeah. Uh we played Alan Wake too. He's no Jimmy Fallon, you know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, for you know, uh <laughs> sorry, I'm just I I I'm flailing to make a joke about the racial makeup of late night hosts. I will refrain now. Um you know, because they, they only let white guys do it, basically. That's, that's true. Yeah. I, you know what's going on. I, I mean, I know what's going on. Retweet if you know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> we played out, we played Alan Wake 2. Uh, we did it. Yeah. Um, This game's good, I, I think. Hey. I. Yeah, they they made they made a good one of these. (laughs) That's so crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know, we'll we'll see. I'm I didn't manage to finish my control replay. Um, Uh but uh, I will say that um, American Nightmare is just completely nobody should ever play that. <laughs> like everything that's interesting about that game is just in this and ten times better. Um Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's all here, you know? Um Yeah, I did play Quantum Break though. Not that we should talk about that, but I did play I did play Quantum Break. Maybe mm-hmm. I talked about that last time, I don't remember. Uh and we will talk about it. Because it is relevant, weirdly. Not like in a big way, 
but it's around. It's there. Um, the uh, gamers gamers freak out at the remedy cinematic universe. Yeah, I. Th- well, we'll talk about this because I think this is one of the things that I am like one of like two or three things that I'm mixed on. Yeah, is the the remedy cinematic universe um because basically i i like this kind of stuff like i like david mitchell a lot and despite um my better instincts i like stephen (laughs) king um you know and i like it when like the tommy knockers is in part a really cool book because it brings back and resolves and talks about a bunch of other stephen king books in like interesting ways. Um, and I think the best that stuff gets is when it's really sort of gestural, right? Mm-hmm. And when it feels evocative and the and the relationships between the different works are scant and um yeah, again, like more kind of on the edges rather than like trying to sell you the next product. And I think mm-hmm. This is a little bit caught between those things yeah. um, and kind of just by nature of just being a video game that is this big, you know, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, even at a certain point, even like Lynch stuff shares a cinematic language. Yes. Yeah, um, for sure. So, yeah. Well, it's yeah, like, I mean, I, it's there's a little bit and I think this is actually a really cool thing. There's a little bit of like the Mulholland Drive energy here where that was like going to be a Twin Peaks thing. Um, at one point and then got became something else. And obviously this is just it's Alan too, right? But there's like the way it, the way it handles Quantum Break is very much like what if we took a couple of ideas from that and just fully integrated them into this other thing and kind of and basically just improved on them, I think. Um, or sort of solidify the things that are like actually interesting about what that game set up um, mm-hmm. at the end. Um well, oh, also, yeah. anyway, uh, we're going to spoil this game. So, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, if you're listening and you haven't played it and you want to, you should not listen to this. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess tentatively, I think I think if you are, if, even if you're not like a remedy person, but you are interested in like broadly what this is putting down, I think it's probably worth checking out. And I think... Even if you have like an intense negative response to it, I think that would probably be like an interesting and productive negative response rather than like just like, a, oh, this sucks kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, maybe that's like not that makes it sound. I like this game a lot. Um, but just to say that, like, I think even if you're like, I don't know, I don't know about I don't know about the Sam Lake guy. You might still get something out of this. Um mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did not like the first Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fa- famously, I, if you listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I love this game. I like it a lot. It's really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, well, I guess maybe this is maybe that's a good place to start is like, what is different about this that makes you like uh, it? Yeah. Do you want to summarize the plot, though? Oh, yeah. I guess we should. Um, what happens in this game? Oh boy. 
I mean, both <laughs> simultaneously, like not that much happens and a lot happens. Because um, like in brief, like Alan Wake is he's he's still in Cauldron Lake, man. There's been he's shown up in like crossover projects and had his own like spinoff game, you know, and he's still fucking in the lake, man. And he's trying mm. to ride his way out and it's not really working. Um, and in, when he's in the lake, he meets these kooky characters like, uh, like Mr. Door and, uh, and Ati the janitor from who's a prominent character in control. Um, meanwhile, um, Saga Anderson, who's a, um, FBI detective, uh, with her partner, Alex Casey, who... <laughs> no relation at, at first it's, it's emphasized like oh no relation to alex casey the character that alan wake writes about but then that quickly becomes sort of like oh maybe no it probably is more than something's going on there right um and um they are going to investigate like a series of murders that have taken place in bright fall or the area around bright falls around cauldron lake um, where these like strange like ritualistic killings where people's hearts are being torn out and like their skin is maybe being written on and stuff and they like emerge from the lake and they're all people who disappeared back in 2010 so in, during the original game so the first person is um the fbi agent in that game who's trying to kill you uh nightingale right and um yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, the stars, man. There's so much stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, basically, uh, Saga starts to kind of she's like cool with there being supernatural shit, like very quickly. She's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Uh huh. There's ghost shit. That's cool. And so basically starts figuring out that there are these places called overlaps that are like related to um the dark place the to the lake and in there she can like talk to alan wake right and figure out like what is going on with the killings um these killings have been done by like this cult called the cult of the tree um and they leave like a bunch of collectibles around for you to pick up also and um and so she Basically, the first time she goes through, after she emerges, Alan Wake shows up. Um, and so they take him back and are, like, trying to interrogate him. And he's, like, doesn't really remember what happened while he was in the lake. He, you know, it's also been 13 years since then. Um, it's a little bit, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit Twin Peaks The Return in, in some senses, right? Um... Anyway, what else is there stuff that I've missed here so far? Or do you want to take it from here, maybe? Um, um I mean I I yeah. we could you could tag me back. I'm just like trying to process. Uh yeah. Where did sorry, where did you leave off? Oh, they, they picked <laughs> up Alan Wake from the lake. <laughs> yes. He uh, says he's a writer. He does! He literally does. They pull <laughs> he's like, I'm Alan Wake. I'm a writer. Um, 
yeah I, it's oh. been a little bit it's been a minute since i played this so yeah also uh, she they were getting they're finding manuscript pages like in the first game right that predicts yeah. stuff that's gonna happen yep uh they they like take wake to the police station uh and then alan wake like describes what's happening to him um mm-hmm. i think from there uh fuck what's the name of the uh saga saga does she go to cauldron lake after that no this is cauldron lake is first i actually skipped over because because they go they get the ot they go get the body of sheriff nightingale so they're at cauldron lake for that and then they take it back to the morgue and he comes to life and tries to kill her and then she goes back to cauldron lake and uses the overlap to talk to fight nightingale and then talk with wake right okay um oh yeah she goes after the clicker right yes yeah and then she mm-hmm. goes to the coffee world yes uh and in coffee world you learn more about the cult um and you learn that the uh two sheriffs are like leading the cult um well they're involved learn, yeah yeah they're like involved and then and then the fucking uh uh old guards of asgard they're like your dad they're like the the one of the guys is saga's dad well it's saga's or, grandfather or, yeah grandfather yes or thinks he is at least right um, um and that like you and yeah this is one of the things that's like kind of like um saga has a relationship to the town yeah. Uh, to Watery specifically, which is like in the area of Bright Falls and is like, um, I think they can even call it like Little Finland, right? Like that area of Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like primarily Finnish immigrants live there. And there's also these two brothers, Yako and Elmo, who are like, um, you know, also in some way sort of related to the cult and have all these like spurious business projects, including Coffee World and a bunch of these other things. Right. Um, and some of that may be like pre-existing to her running into the story and some of it may not be. And it's hard to like tell what the line between those two things is. Right. Mm. Um, um, yeah, because like, oh yeah. Cause when she first is in bright fall, she goes to the cafe and Rose is there. Rose is the waitress from Alan Wake one who was like obsessed with Alan Wake and got briefly possessed by the dark presence, um, to like manipulate him into doing some shit. Um, and she's like, Oh, like recognizes saga. And is like, it's a shame what happened to your daughter. And Saga's like, what are you talking about? My daughter's fine. Like she's with her dad, you know, like out of state, right? Like somewhere else. And, she's like okay like whatever you say (laughs) and that Mm. basically as the as the game goes on that becomes like more and more common that like she keeps running into people seem to recognize her right and that kind of culminates with like this relationship with thor and odin the two old gods of asgard members um yep um yeah and then they saga you know eventually ends up with the clicker or Mm -hmm. like the you know Tor and Odin uh, tell her, give, give her some lore dumps, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she eventually does find the clicker. Uh, she also, also, as part of like this, like melding of the story, her dot da- daughter, um, yes, Logan, is uh basically like being written out or like is is like but basically like the story as alan wake is writing it is that saga's daughter died at a young age in an accident yes uh and so as we get deeper into the case the more that becomes reality like mm-hmm. it, it come it it starts from the yeah. characters in the town believing it to it actually happening in the real world. Yeah, because so. well, yeah, it moves from because Casey is like because it in the beginning of the game, Saga and Casey like talk about uh like her daughter and like he he had been coming over to like dinner. That might be a later revelation. I mean, not a revelation. It's just like talked about later. But they mm-hmm. like they have a, all four of them have like a relationship together, right? Not like mm-hmm. a poly thing, but they all know each other, right? And like mm-hmm. she calls his, you know, her daughter on the phone and stuff. And then later, Casey's like, "Saga, Logan's been dead for years, right? Yeah, like what? You know, what are you talking about? Like what's going on?" Um, and then that also like eventually she calls her husband, who is like, "I don't ever want to talk to you again. Like you took my daughter away from me, and then she died." Right, yeah. and it's your fault. Um, yeah. God, that shit is intense. <laughs> uh, um, so Saga gets the clicker, um, and then with that, and with the help of um, Casey and Odin and Tor, and then the FBI shows up also. Well, the FBC. Or, is it? Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, the, the FBC. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The, uh, Detective Estevez, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. They summon Alan Wake, uh, or like do a ritual to summon Alan Wake. Um, but then it turns out that, th- like, when they do the ritual, they summon him in the past, right? Uh, and that he, and, yeah, the, so and that then the, it also turns out that he, he is like possessed by Scratch, yeah. So let's let's go back to the Alan side because this also the Alan <laughs> yeah. side is like way less plot. Right. It's very much more like mood because it's just about him like doing the same shit over and over again and struggling to like um, get out. But basically he he keeps um, he's writing. So Departure is the novel that's in Alan Wake. Right. And then he starts Mm -hmm. writing Return at the end of like the Alan Wake one DLC. And so he's basically like, okay, I need like an in-between novel called Initiation that like sets up return so that I can, you know, get back to the real world. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's centered around these cult murders in New York. And this is also like Casey action and Alex Casey. It's centered around Alex Casey, this character. Right. And, um, and it turns out that the real life Casey, like went to New York to investigate a bunch of cult killings that were related to Alex, like Alan Wake's novel. So like that has happened in sort of the past of the game, but it's also like simultaneous, there's a lot of like timey wimey kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He goes to like crime sites and that's where like the puzzle gameplay kind of takes place um, mm-hmm. where you like rewrite rewrite scenes that then have different effects on the environment. So it's like in, you know, you like turn like the foyer of a theater into a murder site and then the door opens. Right. Or stuff like that. 
Mm. Um, and then once he like goes through the murder site, he can go to Parliament Tower, which is where he used to live with Alice. And Alice is like building this art show that is like photographs of him or, you know, scratch from the dark place. Right. Um, and then also there's the stuff with Thomas Zane, but I guess it doesn't really matter. We could sort of talk about that <laughs> later, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it matters, but not in terms of like plot, plot. Right. Um, uh, yeah. What is the. You want to talk about the Alice stuff? Yeah, I do. I'm just trying to figure out if there's anything else we should cover before going back to that. Um, Because there is also a point where, um, like, Estevez, the FBC, like, takes Alan away before they summon Wake. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, like, shit goes bad. Most of the agents are killed and, like, a bunch of the people at the sheriff's office where they're, like, holding him are killed. And um, Sagar shows up and kind of tries to fix the situation but then finds Scratch there, right? And finds out that, that, you know, scratches out. And then kind of concludes from that, oh, Wake is still in the dark place, right? And we need to get him out. And that's why we made a song. So, uh, oh, also, okay, the one thing I need to remember is that um, Wake believes that Scratch wrote his own version of Return. Um, that is, like, really dark and horrific. And this is part of where, like, the saga's daughter dying stuff comes in, right? And is like, I have to try and fix the story and so a lot of the manuscripts you find have like um penned in alterations and like scratched out lines and stuff um and then at just before he's about to finish editing it um scratch comes in he thinks it's scratch right and shoots him in the head and then you kind of get the final sequence where he visits his wife exhibition for the first time for the last time and it turns out that um she um, she has this whole speech about like be- turning from the artist into art and a few other things, but that she has committed suicide and um, and that uh, because she has been haunted by Scratch and, and you know, and she also like assumes that it's Alan and is like Alan's been is so full of rage and is like pursuing me and I don't know how to like be free of it. Right. And so I don't know what else to do. And this is, I think she even says, like, this is going to be a confusing decision to some people. Um, and then Alan, in rage, bursts in on what he thinks is Scratch and shoots him in the head. And it's, oh, it's it's me from earlier, right? And mm. um, and I am just Scratch. And that's when he sort of lets the Dark Presence in to take him over. Mm. Um, and that's sort of the point where, like, the two, because there's... You start the game as Saga, you play as Alan Wake for a little bit, and then, like, in the middle portion of the game, you can switch between them freely. And then at that point, it kind of locks in. And you, like, play as Saga, play as Alan, play as Saga again, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you do the ritual to summon Alan, and then, uh, you know, Alan shows up in current day bright falls to confront scratch yeah well first they they try and uh they like put alan scratch in the containment unit on the beach where they tried to summon him and he breaks the dark 
presence breaks free from Alan and enters into Casey, who was wounded earlier and sort of implied that that had some dark presence influence. Um, And so, yeah, then Alan from the Casey toss saga into the lake and then Alan goes to goes to like Bright Falls to try and rescue her, which also means like entering into the dark place again, Um, Mm -hmm. which then is Deerfest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you know is like this bright happy environment uh and then people are trying to knife you um so he goes to yeah so he goes to the writing room which it turns out is in oh wait, this doesn't matter but he, he figures out where the writing room is and goes there and is trying to like construct the ending um oh I can't this there's so much stuff in this game because I forgot to mention the mind place is actually <laughs> really important. Um, so like Saga has um, inherited psychic abilities from Tor and Odin and from like that line of her family. Um, and so she has this like mind palace that she goes to to like this is where you like put up evidence and like it like has a light kind of detective mini game basically. And um there's a sequence where she first entered the dark place and is in the mind place and basically can't bring herself to leave and thinks she's a failure and sort of kind of tries to come to like pull herself together and come to realization of the ways that like she is imperfect, but still like worthy of this moment and like that she can save her family. Right. Um, She breaks free from the dark place. She meets up with, Oh my god, she meets up with Sheriff Breaker, who we haven't talked about at all, <laughs> who was taken into the dark place, like, very early in the game, and was maybe brought there by Mr. Door, who's the, like, you know, talk show host man uh, that we were joking about at the beginning of the episode. Um, And she gets... Oh, we also forgot this. She gets um the two pictures like alan earlier put a picture of the clicker and a picture of like a bullet made of light in a shoebox in the dark place and so that when she goes there she picks up the clicker and that bullet um and then they um she brings it back into the real world banishes scratch her and alan balance scratch from cation Casey's body. Oh, wait, no. So Scratch returns to possessing Alan. Saga shoots him in the head with the bullet of light. Um, And they also have like a discussion kind of about like the ending has to be like. The hero has to undergo like great cost in order to win the day. Right. So like basically in order for. um, Saga's family to be brought back, like Alan has to die or something has to happen. Um, So. He seems like she's killed him and Scratch and calls Logan on the phone and the credits roll before anyone picks up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a post credit scene happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where you get fucking Alice. Alice is alive, it turns out. Yeah. She never actually never actually died. She and jumped into Cauldron Lake um, and is like in the dark place. Uh, yeah. And as has been helping Alan escape. Um, 
and he, I I don't remember the explanation, but like he's helping him escape through showing him all the art stuff to lead him on a path that can lead to an escape. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and then after this, uh, we get Alan back in the writer's room, waking up from his gunshot wound, and he says it's not a loop, it's a spiral. Yeah. And then we get credits. Yes. Yeah. And that's Elmwick 2, more or less. I, I think we covered most of the stuff in the, in the, in the thing. Um... And I'm sure if we didn't, well, if we didn't cover anything then and we don't cover it in the episode, too bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, oh, also, I was just going to say this game is kind of, um, in terms of how it plays, it's like a Resident Evil remake, two remake, remake two, Resident Evil two remake kind of thing, like over the shoulder, um, inventory management, puzzle solving. Like, it is a classic survival horror game in the way that Alan Wake 1 is not. Um, mm-hmm. And in that way, it's, like, a lot more deliberate and slow, um, which I usually like, but have some annoyances with, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's about it in terms of, like, broad strokes stuff. Yeah. I think one of the things that's cool about the Logan stuff to me is just that I I don't know if it's the story that convinces um, Saga that her daughter never died. Or if it's what Saga believes is that the story, you know, shapes everyone else to believe that her daughter is dead. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think stuff like that is, I mean, there's just, I, I think we, we talked about this in Alan Wake one that there's kind of like, especially at the end, this kind of interesting ambiguities about like who is writing and who is written and what does that mean? And how does it like shape all this stuff? Right. And that's just like this times 50 <laughs> where it's like mm-hmm. e- every character has these kinds of like weird things. Right. And questions about like who is creating and shaping them and whether they can or how they can create and shape others. Like even Alan, who is like the center of all this, there was sort of a question of like how, how control in control is he of like what is occurring? Right. And, and also, writes, well, there's also a huge question of like, like who is Thomas Zane? Yes. How much of Alan is Thomas Zane? Right. Uh, because yeah, the like um the Thomas Zane like as the poet who lived on Cauldron Lake stuff from Alan Wake 1, it's just gone. It's just not in this yeah. game at all. Basically, there's some like references to it. Instead, Thomas Zane's a filmmaker, Finnish filmmaker who emigrated to the United States and and made films both in Finland and here and um like predicted or kind of a lot of Alan Wake stuff and like is that does that come out of um, Alan Wake's draft of initiation, right? Is that like the, that changed who Thomas was or shaped that? It's not really clear, um, which I think is really neat. Yeah. And uh, we're going to have to talk about <laughs> like 
Evet. <gülüyor> yeah. <gülüyor> like who who cuz doesn't um who plays who plays um Thomas Zane in those cutscenes. Oh, it's um so it's the sa- I'm forgetting his name and I'm almost certainly going to mispronounce it, but it's the same guy who does the because it's a different voice. Like Alan Wake's played by Matthew Peretta's the voice, and it's um, um. I want to look up the name right now, but I'm on Wikipedia and it's making it hard for me. Um, here, let me look. Um, but it's this guy, and I think Thomas Zane is. It's the actor. The actor does both the physical and the voice, um, because he's Finnish, right? Um, it is. Ilkavili. Right. Yeah. So okay. So so okay. So it's it's so it's the same it's Alan. So it's it's him. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he is like effectively talking to him. Yeah. But it's Thomas Zane. Right. And originally the Thomas Zane voice was the guy was that Max Payne guy who does Alex Casey. <laughs> here, Max right? Yeah. <laughs> Who's also uh, trench? But he was like, but he was like older, control. right? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think he and his wife had been, yeah, married for a long time, like longer than than Alan and Alice. Um, so like Thomas Zane is just a different guy. Yeah, yeah. And so that the the gap between those things, and I think this is great that it's not explored. Like Alan doesn't even remember the other guy. He doesn't remember the diver man. You know, I think there was one point where someone is like, don't you mean the poet? Oh, yeah. And then the the old gods of Asgard guys and Ati keep calling Alan Tom. They, yeah, they keep, yeah, yeah, they keep calling him Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's the like there's there's really like plethoras of white masculinity in this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 so yeah so that's like an open question that's not answered by this game right uh which i love yeah. i love that no it's sick i i think the like yeah i also just like that you know what the dark presence is even what it wants is so unclear like i it like is the I guess the thing is at the end, it's like, oh, it's going to bring deer fast to the whole world. <laughs> it's going to put like everybody in, in the lake and they're going to all be hanging out deer fast or some shit. And it's like, I, I guess, like, I guess that's what you want to do. Like, I don't, it's so odd. And like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to like uh, ground that. And I don't mean that in like, a, the, I'm like, oh, the Dark Presence is like goofy and silly. It doesn't have like a complex motivation. No, I really like this stuff. I like that it's like this elemental force of violence entering the world through creativity and that like what it wants is so, and obviously it's tied into the things Alan wants. Like Alan wants to be with Alice. And so the Dark Presence through him haunts her right um alan wants to escape and so the dark presence through that um i mean eventually builds the op- you know opportunity for him to escape in some ways but also like kills people right so to set up that escape right and um you know there is like there's a lot of stuff about like the gap between what you write as intended 
and what like comes out of that and also your inability to like extrapolate the consequences of what you have written right into Mm -hmm. the world right Mm -hmm. um like i really love the scene where saga they they sort of have these when they talk it's kind of neither one of them can really understand the other and so you you know you eventually get every conversation they have from both sides of it Mm -hmm. um but you know you only get like snippets from one side right and there's just this scene where like saga is like did you put my family in the story and is like super is like fucking angry and i love that when you cut to alan it's like he doesn't even know that that's what she's mad about like she doesn't even he doesn't even know what's going on right Mm -hmm. that like gap between them i think is so compelling and i think this is part one thing you talked about in alan wake one is how much you didn't like the manuscript stuff because it just says what's going to happen Mm. in the game and doesn't and it has some like illumination on like you know side characters and things like that but it, it feels kind of extraneous Right. Whereas here, I think it's so cool because that tension is there. Right. That tension Mm -hmm. between like the person who's writing this and the person who is living out this and having to deal with the consequences of what is happening. It creates this real dramatic richness um, between the two playable characters that I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, I kind of went off there. Is there anything there that you want to elaborate on? Um, Uh, No. Uh, other than, uh, sorry, I, I, sorry, I'm looking at actors. I got, I <laughs> mentally sidetracked. Oh, no, it's fine. I got you. It is weird. Like thinking, I was looking at like, uh, Ikevili's, uh, letterbox page and just thinking about like, I could watch this, this awful looking World War II movie and Al Wake is going to be in it. <laughs> That seems weird <laughs> to me. And it's not actually weird. Like, he's just an actor, you know? He's just like an, he's just yeah. an actor. But. Um, um, okay. Okay. Sorry. I've collected my thoughts. One thing I yeah. do want to say uh, about, like, this whole saga plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, a small thing that this game does with race. Yeah. Because um, Saga is black and her, like, her daughter is also, like, like she's, like, coming from a mixed race family because like mm-hmm. her grandfather is like the old guards of Asgard guy uh and i just like that like these characters like are from finland but it's not really like a remarked upon yeah except for when it we and uh, except for when it comes to like these like the power dynamic of like alan as like the writer like writing this character yeah and like dictating what is happening to her life um i think that stuff is just like really good and understated yeah um, in a way she that does I really like she it. does say like that white asshole who's writing me or whatever like at yeah. one point but i think it hits so hard because it doesn't i mean i don't mean like it's not like a huge moment but it lands really nicely because it's mm-hmm. not remarked upon up till then right it's such a like yeah. it feels so much sharper i think um yeah because of that yeah yeah i just know yeah, i appreciate that about the game yeah no i think that stuff's why and it's also nice that like it's not um i mean like i don't i don't maybe this is like a respectability politics thing but i do like that it's like nobody is like oh saga it's weird that you're have this heritage you know it's just like yeah, yeah. Like nobody, nobody sort of remarks upon that, and that's like lovely, I think yep. too. 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry. This is completely unrelated, but I was really uh, tickled by Casey and Estevez trading ex-wife scars. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> I yeah. There was like a a tweet that was like um like that like uh gay men and straight women have this like have like a allyship I guess that like straight uh-huh. men and lesbians do not have and that should be built and I think this is how we can build it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, funny because Alex so Casey is just like he's noir guy you know yeah mm-hmm. and then we just have the like the bureau of control woman who is just a lesbian and yeah. they're just like both talking about ex-wives. <laughs> it's yes. so funny it's so good i actually i really like um i like casey and saga's relationship a lot it's um, it's great yeah because i i i think one of the things i mentioned earlier is just that they have that one of the things in the when she's trapped in the dark place that like helps her sort of get out is she's like, oh, I failed Casey. And she kind of remembers like, oh, when, you know, basically when Casey is going through his divorce, I would like have him <laughs> over to have dinner with my family and stuff. Mm. And like that that meant so much to him. And so like I was a good friend to him, you know, and I did. And I do care about him. And I wasn't just like flippant about putting him in danger, you know. Um, and all of this is illustrated by real pictures of Sam Light. I know. Oh, it's good as really, hell. <laughs> really giving like Gordon Cole in Twin Peaks season three energy. Yes, though. this entire it's, game. That's so true. I yeah. I just I think also the this is the like I I don't know if I ever wrote about this. One of the things that's really cool about uh, American Nightmare, even though I just like chat on that game earlier <laughs> one thing that's cool about it is like the the like uncanny valley stuff the way it leans hard into that that like uh-huh. the real alan wake is this weird computer man and the fake alan wake is like a real guy like that you're watching on tv right that's like a you know a, that has sort of a simulacrum of reality right yeah. and the way this game plays with that kind of tension right because there's a lot of live action footage <laughs> of everybody basically of pretty much every principal character Right. And um, and that just like constant flipping between the things, the distance between like real and unreal. It's just it's just really nice. It's really artful. And I also think like we talked we've talked before about like the thing that I think makes Remedy cool developers to me is that they have like an eye or at least uh, up to a certain point. I I think also it kind of ebbs and flows because I think they have this like Max Payne two kind of lose it in Alan Wake and kind of re-get it by control, but like a good eye towards images and stuff. And I think the FMV work in this is it's just incredible. like miles above anything they've ever done, basically. It's insane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I played fucking quantum break, which looks like a sci-fi original TV it's show. So bad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so going from that and, you know, to this is so like, holy shit. There's like a 20 minute art film in the middle of this movie and it's pretty good it's pretty damn good yeah um yeah uh yeah I, okay the multiple things i want to talk about like yes Grand yeah from here. Mm-hmm. there's a scene in alan wake's like dream world thing where like there's a fake alex casey 
who's voiced yeah. by Sam White. Oh, yes! <laughs> and yeah, then he yeah. gets shot and dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I, love, I love that part because you... Um, God, it's just a funny little gag. So you, there's it's like a so menu good. for... You know, for using like keys on doors and shit like that, like, you know, adventure game shit, pulling something out of your inventory to use it on something. And so this Alex Casey's like tied up and he's like, oh, no, don't kill me. (laughs) Don't like use me as part of some ritual sacrifice. And you go up to him and there's like the menu for like clicking on an item. And then, like, as he's talking, like, a literal spotlight shines on a big old knife <laughs> that's, like, behind a bookcase. <laughs> or, like, because yeah. you're in, like, some film archive, so it's, like, all these reels of film, you know, and metal cases and stuff. So you go up there and grab the knife, and then he just, like, books it as you're, like, turning around the corner. <laughs> um, which it's I think so is funny. nice, like, because I think a more hat gay would make you kill him, you know? I, mm. I think it works so much better as just, like, a little joke than it does as, like... Look at how sick and twisted Alan Wake is now from being in the dark place, right? Like, you get that in so much more interesting ways later and before that, right? Yeah. Um, so it's so nice that that just gets to be funny. Um, oh, yeah. In my brain, I remember him dying, but I guess not. <laughs> he might He might get shot later, like the Grandmaster who you, you know, I think there is something like that. Alex Casey dies a lot in this game, to be yes, fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's... be dying. Yeah. Well, and also it's like because Sam Lake is the name of the guy who's like the actor in the movies, the Alan Wake movies, which maybe aren't real, question mark. Or no, wait, they are they? I don't remember. I don't remember oh. if it's like Barry sold the rights and he's just been like sitting on that money because that might be an element of that stuff. But I don't I don't super remember. Um, He's just Max Payne. Yes, yes, yeah, straight up. He, it's yeah. straight, it's, like, you go to New York, and it's fucking, it's him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's also, it's the, you know, it's the, like, fucked up New York that's in Max Payne 2 in the, like, Twin Peaks show. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, which I actually, I think the, like, way, um, because in some ways this is, like, the culmination of all that. Of all, like all remedy stuff, and I think it's interesting that like there was like a statement from Sam Lake that's like, oh, like Max Payne and um, Quantum Break are not part of the like remedy universe, right? And that mm-hmm. is like only true in the most technical ways possible, right? That it's like, yeah, like uh, whatever the fuck the guy from Quantum Break is is not a character in this game, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's not a guy named Max Payne, and like the events of Max Payne didn't happen in it. But in basically every way, like in terms of personality, in terms of like aesthetic and format, they're here. Right. And I think that's actually kind of nice that it's both like, I don't know, it's not it's not just the brand that gets transferred over. Right. It's this aesthetic lineage that it's just. It, yeah, it's the right. like, exactly. It's, uh, it's yeah. just like which which. uh which um um what's the word for it like pastiche are we gonna pull from yes yeah mm-hmm. rather than like we're building all the all the ip in the universe <laughs> is gonna culminate. yeah well yeah so far there's only two right and also there's like obviously this is a relationship to control like the federal bureau of control is in it uh jesse's briefly seen there's some references to casper darling like you find a book that he's written or something you know shit mm-hmm. like that 
Um, but it doesn't really matter, and you cannot have played Control and get a lot out of this game. I think. Um, the 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 thing. Okay, I'm really really mixed on how Ati is utilized. In this okay, game. yeah, talk more about it. I the more he becomes important, the more I don't like it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he. I like him when he's like singing. He has the. The Nightless Night song, which slaps, oh, it goes which bangs. so hard. Yeah, it's yeah, so totally. good. It's like good and like moody and like is perfect. Yeah, what's well, um, very um, it's is it is it Julian Cruz who's the um like Twin Peaks who sang the Twin Peaks theme? Oh, Julie Cruz. Julie yeah. Cruz. Yeah. Um, it's kind of that sort of vibe, I think. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that stuff is fine. I just. Him, like, being, like, guiding Alan and being, like, central to, like, the events on screen, I mm-hmm. just find really grating. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I feel um, that strongly about it. I, I f- I'm also getting, like, I'm getting a little giddy talking about this game in a way that I'm, like, I had, like, I had some grievances about the multiverse stuff, and I literally cannot remember them now. And I'm sh- I do have them. They are real. Like I, uh, you know, but I just can't quite <laughs> tap into it. This is like the perils of talking about a game like one day after you finished it. Right. Um, which yeah. is always happened, which is a constant peril for me on this podcast because I can never get it done in time. Um, but yeah, I do think that like. I like the way that he is mysterious. And I think there is a little bit in, because there's even in the, in the nightless night film, which is like a film that Thomas Zane made right there. Yeah, he's it's almost, it. yeah. He's like an Ati origin story almost where he's like, yeah, like maybe I should get a job with the FBC like you, you know, <laughs> and stuff. And like that stuff, I don't really like the idea of it being like, it's it's like when people, when there's like the Pennywise thing, it was like, Oh yeah. Pennywise was like this guy also. And like there was an actual actual Pennywise a dancing <laughs> yes. clown, and I'm like I don't care about that at all, you know. Like I and I also don't really like that Pennywise is like a like a meteorite, <laughs> you know, yes. or whatever happens in that book. Um, but you know, just that like the stuff where Pennywise is this weird thing that exists like beyond imagination is really evocative and interesting. And the more you start to explain, well, actually Pennywise is like this incarnation of evil, like from beyond time. And like the more that stuff kind of creeps in it, the harder it is for me to like get wrapped up into it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think generally that stuff has a pretty light touch here. It doesn't feel too explanatory. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. Um, I I complimented the way in which this game handles race earlier mm-hmm. and now i have to come down with a criticism okay uh which is uh mr door warland door mm-hmm. uh he's great he's fantastic yeah but like a late game revealed that he might be related to saga and like also oh, like bar- i did not pick up on that at all anyway so yeah also like right. borrowing borrowing like stephen king magical black person stuff happening uh is off-putting yeah i that makes a lot of sense i did not pick up on the like they might be related thing because there's a scene where him and alan have this like confrontation basically Mm -hmm. and um and there's some like tor talks about saga's father and this is sort of this is the stuff i'm talking about where it is like 
there's gonna you're there's gonna be another game with Saga in it, and you're gonna find out about her dad. And I don't care, you know. Well, and maybe also, they could get um, me to care, right? But like right now, yeah. I'm like, I see that you're doing sequel bait, and I just don't, I just don't want that, you know. Uh, yeah. There's a string of side missions you can do in this game that are like little like doll things that you like. Yeah. You like read poems and you align the dolls to what they signify in the poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go along that side quest. Uh, and do the last one. The last one requires a doll that is within an FBC briefcase. Um, oh and right! Oh my god! He looks like yeah. Warlandor, and his he represents the father. Oh uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, I just this completely yeah. went over my head. Thank you for bringing. That's a very uh, good note. I I was gonna say that uh, door is one of the things that I think. Um, is picked up from Quantum Break, basically. Yeah. In that no. he's yeah. Hundred percent the alternate universe uh in which um fuck, why am I blanking on the name? Lance Lance Riddick. Yes, the alternate yeah. universe where Lance Riddick is in this game. Uh oh, yeah. I, 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 I we should shout out the other guy who's whose name I don't know, unfortunately. David Harewood. David Harewood. He's great. He's fantastic. He's so right? good. Yeah. Um, like his, he also has a great, I mean, I, I was surprised at, uh, Alan Wake. Everyone has great voices in that musical sequence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everyone's in fine form. Um, and he's a great voice. It is so fun. And I love that, like that turn when he's like this charming late night host and like trying to help Alan out. And then when he, when he becomes menacing and sort of like starts talking to him, like that's really well executed. Um, but yeah, Martin hatches Lance Riddick's character in Quantum Break and is by far my favorite thing about that game. He is so fucking cool. Um, mm. Like, ah, but, but yeah, it's like that. Quantum Break is a game that's like kind of mixed generally and has like a few really cool ideas. And like Martin Hatch is basically, but he's like this guy who's kind of beyond time. Like he, anyway, it doesn't really matter, but that he can like move between worlds or some ambiguity about like late in the game, he's killed. But it also seems like it is him, you know, but then he shows up later. He's like the whole second, you know, there's a big sequel to he's about like, are you going to team up with Martin Hatch, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and so basically they import that relationship with Sheriff Breaker, who's played by the same actor as the um, guy in as the Quantum Break guy. And is like, I have this mysterious connection with Door and I don't know what it is and I don't know, like he's some sort of like being who can move between worlds and like do all this stuff. And I don't know what my connection with him is. And basically it's like this relationship that begins to get set up in quantum break is just imported into this. And a lot of the like kind of pseudoscience, like, like, cause quantum breaks kind of a hard science fiction thing. Not like it's pretty gestural, but I mean in that it's like trying to ground itself in this. It's not very mystical, right? It's a little bit more practical. And that stuff is kind of excised from it, right? And I think that that's just really smart. And that's something that was like a relationship and a thing that I was really interested to, like that I was kind of, even though I didn't really like Quantum Break that much, that I was like, oh, it would have been cool if they got to make this. And I think it's just Mm. cool that they were like, oh, we'll just bring it in. We'll just import it and we'll do different stuff with it and kind of improve on what came before. I think that's just really neat. Um Mm. But yeah, but I definitely I think your uh, your criticisms are well stated uh, there for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty. I'm just like, <laughs> I shouldn't have worn a bra. My chest is all tight. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess we've talked a lot about narrative stuff. Should we talk about game stuff? Not to divide it that harshly. I think. Wait, no, no, oh, no. Okay. Because the first thing you do in this game is play as naked Detective Nightingale, <laughs> stumbling, yeah. uh, stumbling out of the beach, mm-hmm. and then he gets killed, and then he comes back to life as like the Taken. Yeah. And what the fuck does he say to you? No, he I don't remember. You a, he calls you an author's name. I think he calls oh, you Hemingway. He, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good um oh the other thing i forgot to mention is that so uh the coscavella brothers who run the like all these ill-advised business ventures they are like the heads of the cult and the cult was actually not um killing people it was preventing people from becoming taken who come out of the lake right mm-hmm. um and so like in the process it kills them kind of but it's like they were already gone basically they're like you know zombified right Mm -hmm. and uh and that's yeah they have the clicker so they can use it to like they do the thing that um the alan wake does to barbara yeager at the end of alan wake where they like put the clicker into their heart and um stuff um what was i gonna say oh just um yeah i I didn't have as much trouble with you or or like, I don't know exactly how you feel about this because I think we first talked about it when you were first playing it, but the like bullet sponginess of the enemies um, Mm. that everyone takes a lot of hits. You did eventually switch it to story difficulty, right? Because I I stayed on normal, I think. Um, I switched it to story. Yeah, but that first, that boss battle with Nightingale was like brutal. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have as much trouble with anybody like after that for whatever reason, but that was like a pain. Um, I had trouble with um, the lamp lady. Oh, Cynthia. Yeah. Cynthia. I don't, yeah. I think that took me just like two tries, um, so it wasn't so bad. But yeah. Oh God, that's also the the Cynthia stuff is so sad. Not that it's like she's like a yeah. super important character or anything, but that like she did nothing but help alan you know mm-hmm. and then like the way he writes her into the story is just for her like to fail right to like give him the lamp that he needs so that then she can be eaten by the dark presence that she's been running from her whole life like that is just so yeah. woof um yeah yeah um yeah, oh, so I was just going to say, one of the other big problems... I, I guess I have two big criticisms of the way this game plays. The first is that there's a lot of collectibles in this game, and you cannot move fast. Like, it's not even just that there's not fast travel, it's that, like, the game is really slow. And I think that that's great for when you're actually playing it, and when you're doing stuff that's, like, story mode and, like, moving in sort of the cinematic... I'm not cinematic. I mean that in like the gamey way. That's not really cinema, right? But like, um, you know, going through the story in a linear way, I think it works perfectly. It's paced well. It's great. But then when you have to like go backtrack through an area 
to get mm. like some lunch boxes or whatever, it <laughs> is a pain in the ass. And I kind of just wish this game didn't have collectibles at all. I don't think it's suited to it. Um, I don't think it needs it. I, I think it should just not be there. Um, um, I didn't have a problem. <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. As yeah. somebody who got all the achievements in this video game. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite manage that. Um, uh, I thought it was fine. The only thing I didn't like was having one exit point per per level. Right. Because yeah. you only have one car, and mm-hmm. of course, you can only travel to a different location. If you have a car, <laughs> right. that sucks. Yeah, no. Um, uh, otherwise, I thought it was fine because I, I think there's a really good sense of space in this game. Yes, um, yes, 100%. Yeah. And, I, and I just felt like by the time like I was done collecting things, I had a good feel for the space and where everything was. Yeah. Because um, it's like, it's open, but it's not like... It's not an open world. It's no, just, certainly not. Yeah. There are like three or four main maps that you like explore. Um, mm-hmm. And I just felt like. Yeah, I think I it's know. also I've, interesting, like um, Remedy games operate in this kind of weird space where um, I guess post Quantum Break, because Quantum Break is just clearly like a big, expensive first party title. And it has all these weird budget limitations, but that's because they were trying to make a TV show and a video game at the same time. Right. Or the, and it, all that stuff is on the gate at the TV side, not on the game <laughs> side. The game is really lavish and expensive, right? Um, Shout outs to Remedy looking at like early 2010s of Microsoft and being like, oh, you guys want to do TV? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're your people. Yeah. We got an idea. <laughs> Well, because apparently that was actually the original pitch for Alan Wake 2 was that it would be kind of a TV yeah. show. Yeah. Anyway. And that's what Quantum Break came out of that idea. Um, but uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, uh, we were talking about the levels. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I agree with you in that I think. Like, I just, I loved every space moving through it for the first time and Mm. then got just, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I'm not usually like this about video games. And part of it is, I think, I think sometimes with the collectibles, especially with this, where you have the big sheet and it's like you and the like a little folder turns green when you like get all the, you know, that stuff. It's just kind of compulsive to me. Mm. Um, And I just don't, I like, don't like that feel, especially like at a certain point where I was like kind of on a deadline and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get every one of these lunchboxes, God damn it. And like that, that feeling of being compelled, I just found like really unpleasant. Um, And that's a broader issue than this game. And also this game is like a not very egregious example of it. Like it's not that hard to get everything right. Um, You know, but um but like and part of it's just like playing control where it's like control is as fast travel is super easy to move around in and so like going to an area and just like picking up some shit is like really fun to me um whereas this it's like i really like it when i'm doing the like bespoke level design and then when i have to go back through the space again it feels a little bit perfunctory um the stuff you pick up in control doesn't matter i know but it's good no it's not (laughs) Like in this game, like if you pick up like a battery, that means a lot. Yes. Yeah. No, that's for like picking up an upgrade. Like, yeah. Who gives a shit. Right. I like, um, there's like, uh, 
the cult has like crates where yeah. they put like stuff in mm-hmm. and there'll be like fun notes where it's like like <laughs> yeah. we'll have people commentating on the quality of the puzzle yes yeah. or they'll just be like why do we have to do these puzzles yeah and then no, one I... of them is just and then one of them is just like hey i actually like this one this time yes, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty fun well some of them are algebra problems and then they're like what the fuck are you doing like making yeah. me do algebra <laughs> um, yeah well and this is the thing is i'm also like i'm kind of determined to at least try something before looking it up so i was like not I was like trying to remember how algebra works uh for like the first time in 12 years. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I think the collectibles in that way are like super clever, right? Like they're very they're very like smart iterations of this kind of thing. I I just like I think I do just prefer the game when it's moving, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Uh that oh. being said. Go ahead. Yeah. No, Enemies w- take way too much damage in this game for me. Yeah. To me, to me, to me. Um, I don't need the Alan Wake game where you're managing ammo. I just mm-hmm. don't need it. Right. Uh, and I think I, I just, I don't know. I've been wondering if I just have patience for bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Like that might be just it. That it's just like, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind when an enemy takes forever to kill. Like that was the Nightingale fight was like the one time where that it did start to grate on me but even then it was kind of scary like there was something about like it taking so oh, it's long a good, and, it's a good set yeah piece, yeah yeah for sure it's a really cool set piece and so i think that like that there was something that added to it um but but yeah, yeah but i agree I that think, it's also i'm not really here to to count bullets and shit you know well when i think about something like signalis right yeah like the, this game and signalis both have the thing where like you pull the trigger and you get the the gun fucking goes pop and it feels good. Yeah. But in Signalis, enemies fucking go down. And yeah. that doesn't happen here. Right. And there's a lot of like um I think it's also kind of tough to manage large groups for this reason. Oh yeah. Um and I think like and there's some stuff where it's like um like I got an ability where you can like if you get a double headshot then the enemy will stagger and stuff like that so there's ways you can like manage and kind of crowd control i but um i just think if the enemy staggered it just make the game better right yeah. you know because right yeah. now there's no trade-off to spending bullets other than to kill the guy mm-hmm. but if you're trade but if the trade-off is like i'm gonna shoot this guy and then i'll get out of this room right you know, that's yeah way, that's better than right just like spending your bullets and then be like shit i have no more bullets yeah so i think I that is the thing is there's not sorry uh no there's go, not like uh there's not like a room structure you know yeah. to this game so it is like you can and like i did like walk around enemies and stuff like that you can evade people and there's even a the thing you get from doing the poems is you pick up little charms that give you special abilities. And one of them is like mm-hmm. deal damage to enemies who aren't aware of you, like deal extra damage. And so there, mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, it's a, it has like a stealth thing. It's not really that. It's just that like you can negotiate around encounters, but it's not the same thing as in Signalis where it's like you exit in the room and you're good. Right. Um, because the spaces are like generally more wide open the space like it's harder to like contain yourself in them and enemies will move through doors and shit like it's not you know um it's not as locked off at least that's maybe i don't know maybe that's not true because i just killed everything generally speaking 
I didn't really like explore. Yeah, there, there's instances where you have to kill everybody to progress. Right, yeah. Um, but there's a lot there's also a lot where you where you don't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um uh, I I there I also it took me a long time to figure out how the flashlight worked in this game. Mm, yeah. Cause I would like I would aim it at an enemy. Um but I, I like the the flashlights are like segmented. So like yeah. once you spend part of that like segment, like it's gone. So like I didn't realize that because like in the first Alan Wake it's more gradual. Yes. Um, but this is more like you use the flashlight, you use the chunk of your battery type of deal. Yeah. Whereas you can you can manage it a little bit more freely in the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it took absolutely. me a while to realize like what the fuck is going on. Yeah, why which am I actually, running out of battery so fast? Yeah, which is actually a change I like. Like I like that it's a little bit clearer how everything is laid out, and it feels like you can kind of resource manage a little bit stronger. Um, mm. Although I also, well, actually no, that I mean, yeah, I was about to say something I think is not true because I think I did really panic when I ran out of uh, battery, which happened a few times. But then usually it's like, oh, I have a flare or I have. A flash grenade or something there's ways to like things you can do when you don't have a battery um oh flares flares that become like the resident evil knife when you yes! get grabbed by an enemy oh, is so cool that's sick as <laughs> like hell that. yeah well also it just yeah. it also just feels better like i don't think this is like especially like thrilling shooter but like mm-hmm. the sound that it makes when the like shadow armor pops off of an enemy and stuff like mm-hmm. that like really nice um Everything has a nice punch to it. And also, like, all the... This is the thing I also say about, like, the picking up stuff. Like, all the weapon upgrades are really meaningful. Um, and, like, encourage you to play in a slightly different way. Like, it's nothing... I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't... I don't think it's, like, mind-blowing. But I think it's well-crafted. Right? And everything is sort of... And it doesn't have the, like... Because um, I think the thing about the control stuff for me is, like, that's kind of frictionless. Mm-hmm. so it's like uh, the the stuff the stuff where it's like when it's fitted like that and it is an actual obstacle to you playing the game and doing things like that's when i sort of grade against it but a control it's like it doesn't matter that much and the game's just the game can get kind of hard by the end but it's like not that big of a deal you know mm-hmm. it's like it's not like oh if i change what like equipments i have on my shotgun then that's gonna like fix that's gonna like make it so i can win the situation right it's not really like that and so I just kind of don't mind that that stuff doesn't matter so much. Um, but yeah, but here it's like the upgrade system is like very, it's just nice. Like it's well done. Um, and I think I just wish it was presented a little bit differently. And I'm, you know. I just, I barely used it to be honest. Yeah. Well, you don't really have to. Especially right? with like the Alan, you just don't need it. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a your, lot of, your revolver I mean, is so powerful to start. Yeah. Um, yeah. That and like you're you're getting the new weapons pretty regularly, mm-hmm. um, and I mean the bulk of the gameplay is just uh, solving puzzles and watching videos. So yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, complimentary. <laughs> um, oh yeah, um, because we didn't think... talk about we haven't talked about this, but sorry. No, go go ahead. Ga- the the way this does the same thing that control does which is having the fmv silhouettes 
in like in the game world but they're like yeah. but it's just better because they're like <laughs> fixed to like different locations within a space yeah so you're like so depending on the angle like they're just situated whereas in in control it was like overlaid because um they give you a lot more camera control and control yes uh, yeah and so it kind of just needs to be that way here is like you you the way like you unlock scenes and progress is like you shine a light through like these echoes where it's just like you match the shadow and the light and it turns into a scene and then it'll have like fmv silhouettes of like alex casey um talking to some guy or like you know some other scene going on and the way it just seamlessly the fmv just like blends into all of the um, all the environments is so good. I love it yeah. so much. Well, I was just going to, the only thing I was just going to say is that I think the like, um, and I, I don't, I wish I could articulate this a little bit more sharply, but I think the way you interface with the story in terms of like stuff you do when you're not fighting, when you're not doing like traditional game shit is like the best that this that Remedy games have ever been at doing this kind of thing. There's a yeah. lot of stuff like this in Quantum Break where it's like you are just in a room and you have to like go flick switches and like watch cutscenes, right? And for whatever and part of it is that I'm just more interested in what's emotionally going on with Alan Wake and all this stuff, right? Like I'm already kind of invested like I, I mean, you know, unlike some people on this podcast, I'm a fan of the first game <laughs> and I'm invested in like just to start. Right. And that is part of it. But I do think it's just like the the way you interact with that stuff just shapes so nicely. And I think that's part of it that like it's so wrapped up in the environments you're in, which are usually really interesting places and feel like they have a history, whether that's like emotional, psychological or like practical. Right. I love that this game and maybe this is like normal video game stuff, but the way that like Bright Falls is very lovingly recreated, you know, and that like when there's a different building. um, When there's like a different building, it just it's like explains, oh, it's like, oh, they built this in 2015, you know, and stuff like that, like is so lovely. And I think that grounding in the space really gives it helps that stuff really sing, I think. Mm hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of Alan Wake 1, but I'm a fan of the story of Alan Wake 1, as retold <laughs> in this game. Yes, yeah. The journey of Al <laughs> the story of the journey of Alan Wake, the musical. Um Every okay. Everybody knows about the fucking musical. It's yeah. great. It's good. Um, yeah. The thing I love about it is uh the game keeps <laughs> making you think it's over when it's not <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> it does this a couple times but like when you because at, at a certain point it like tells you to go in the closet and do something and then and then you interact with the thing in the closet and then the the like the closet just like all the pieces of like it, it like turns into a set all the pieces just like pull up as you're back on the sound stage yes yeah oh, it's so, so funny. funny um and then there's the fucking jazz part yeah uh, the jazz part kicks in and you're like jesus christ yeah <laughs> yeah um, oh sorry this kick this kicks off one of the criticisms i have i think i kind of wish that this 
you didn't get to switch between the characters at any point that it just had like set markers where you switch between them. Um, I think I agree with this. Yeah. I I think they, I think they wanted something to market this game with. Yes. Yeah. And it's not terrible, right? This is not a deal breaker, but I just think like the open, I think uh, the opening of the game is like, didn't really grab me, but I think works really well in retrospect. Like I feel like, that there's an element of this it's not like a slow burn exactly but it is pretty deliberately paced and that stuff ends up really paying off and really working for me and like i eventually like appreciated how like the stuff with saga how that develops kind of gradually yeah. right that i re- like that ended up feeling really impactful because of that um and i just yeah. think it would maybe sing a little bit more if it was because i think the end of this game is so strong uh and like, I just think that that yeah. sense of pacing is so key to making that sing. And I also think it was kind of weird that, like, I it was like a but like I hopped in like for out like the musical and then left. And it felt like almost like this individual thing that was kind of separate from everything. Mm-hmm. And I think I read something that was actually almost cut, which is kind of wild. Um, But I kind of it makes sense that you could remove it and nothing really changes about the game, except that you lose something that's really cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I just wish that stuff was like a little bit more cleanly integrated, I think. Um, yeah, a couple things. Uh, one, um, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> when they do the Alan one, Alan like one story and <laughs> the shadows give him a bottle of wine and flowers yes! and he just smiles. It's one of the funniest jokes in this game. Oh my god, that's so it's good. so good. I love the shadows that we're, are wearing all the like, like depending on which phase of the story you're in, it's all the like related, you know, because yeah. they have like the like the like little werewolf hands or whatever in the first part when he's a kid, and then it's like press and paparazzi when he's like getting success as a writer, and then it's you know <laughs> like tool belts and safety vests when it's uh you know the events of Alan Wake one. That stuff is really funny. Um, also, yeah, just the, uh, so sad, but true, <laughs> but true <laughs> is, um, so sorry. I, I have a pen in my hand and I was clicking it and absentmindedly, and that's going to fuck up part of the recording. So I don't want to do that. Um, um, the fact that that sequence ends and then. It goes back to the studio and the 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 like end part of that is shot like you're playing Guitar Hero. Yes. <laughs> it's really good. It's very good, yeah. Um should we talk a little bit about the music in this game? So I actually realized that um I think I have uh, one more oh, thing to add that's not oh, musical yes. related. Yeah. Is um I definitely remember we're all this was gonna happen either way. We're all over the place, but <laughs> yes, there's yeah. a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I remember hating the saga stuff very early on. Um, right. It wasn't until those two plots like converged um, where I felt better about it, but like just going to a place and then having to pull up the stupid board and yeah. then having to place the objects on the board and then like doing and then and then there was like a puzzle i don't know if this was a bug but like Mm -hmm. in coffee world 
I couldn't like do a puzzle that I already knew how to solve until I oh. put it together in the mind board. And that was so frustrating. Yeah, I just never ran into that. No, I think the I think the mind place is like um, I like that Alan and Saga both have their own places that they go to. And I also underrated pause menus where you're just a guy moving around. Sick. Yeah. Right. Like very cool. Um, and I also like that you can go there and like listen to the music or watch the videos again or whatever, right? Like that stuff is cool. Um, mm. But yeah, I think I agree that it's like kind of clunky and cumbersome. Um, and it feels like a lot of it is kind of like. I, I don't know. I mean, it's almost I, I think um, like I think this game could use an editor, I guess. It's also like there's a lot of sort of redundancies, particularly early on in terms of like setting up emotional stuff right or just mm -hmm. like general things you know and um i think like the saga like the mind play stuff is emblematic of that where it's like you find something out in the game and then you have to go inside and put it on the board and she'll just say it again and then you go out and like you know there's sort of a it takes a while and i don't know that it yeah. needs to you know mm -hmm. yeah um i'm pretty sure if you just play the fucking game it'll do like there are parts like i it does it automatically but you still have to watch the game do it automatically right yes <laughs> which yeah. sucks um because i'm i'm fairly certain what i ran into was a bug because like yeah mm -hmm. plenty of other places in the game where i didn't have to do the board before i progressed right but, um besides the point like it felt more natural because like like alan's mind place is the writer's room it just made narrative sense Right. Um, mm -hmm. But with Saga, I was just like, this is going to be a device that they use in the third act for a yeah. narrative payoff. And they did. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Which I do think I I like that sequence. I was actually surprised. It's good. At how... No, it's good. I really I really yeah. like that part. But yeah. I was just like, yeah, no, I I've played video game before. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I, I called yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, I was really surprised at how much the like, um, I don't know, the like, we have to forgive each other so that we can make things better stuff like hit for me. Like, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. And, and there's maybe comp complicated stuff with that. I don't know. But just that like saga being like, I am not perfect, but I am worthy of this moment. And I can rise up to it. And that's like the corniest. Like we say that out loud is like it's some new, such it, like it yeah. is such like. You know how people talk about Celeste being a big game yes. of depression. It's like yes, on paper it is. what is it's like on paper what that sequence is, but it's still a hit for me. Yeah, well, I think I think part of it is that like, um, I, well, not to I recently replayed Celeste and not to like be, Celeste is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Celeste is. I just think I don't no, identify. I mean, with the way that game does mental health stuff. Yes, yeah, um, I, I'm very much what, It's more what I mean. No, um, well, I, I think part of it is that, like, Saga... Saga struggles with that stuff. It's not... Like, a lot of the Celeste stuff is kind of weirdly, like, metaphorical or diffuse. And there's mm -hmm. a way that, like... She doesn't really, like... Um, oh, I'm forgetting what her name is. Madeline. <laughs> Madeline. She doesn't really have, like, a life outside of the... And, like, it's gestured at, but it's not really there. And the mm -hmm. way that, like, Saga is like there's all this stuff that leads up to that moment 
and then yeah. that like it intersects with it. It feels very real and it feels very much like I'm interacting with like a real person's like human struggles. Right. Right. As opposed to sort of like a metaphorical idea of like what depression is like. Right. Well, Which, it, I mean, but it it's also yeah. that because the dark present like, oh, sure, yeah. negative thoughts. Yes. No. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not that, but I feel like there's. But it's I so, just think it's, it's better. Grounded. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it too. Um, helps yeah. to have a smiling picture of Sam Lake as one of your positive thoughts. Yes! Well, and then, and then, and then he's like, it, you know, and he's like, I wish I could do a good impression of, he's like, it really meant a lot to me when you, like, introduced me to your kid and, like, had me over for spaghetti. Oh, my God. The, <laughs> yeah. Going from this to Max Payne 3 is so crazy. <laughs> well, I think that's the, that's the thing. I, I do not like Max Payne 3. It's terrible. I guess I'm just staking my, um, cause like people are really into it and I, it has its virtues. I really like the, I like the health soundtrack. Um, well, you go, you go from, you go from Alex Casey talking to a lesbian about their ex-wife to like, this place is like Baghdad with a G-strap. <laughs> it's like not in yeah. the same realm. Uh, it's like wild the way that, um, the, like reading press from that period that's like this is so like it's so like humanizing of like third world countries that it's like bro what are you <laughs> no, talking about what are you saying <laughs> uh, um yeah because it is like i, I mean it, like I, I we're going on a whole max paid three kind of, <laughs> but i just yeah i think that's the thing is like there's so much stuff in max paid one and two that i really like and it's just not yeah. like there's this weird thing where it kind of is like what if the story of max paid one and two are like super serious and like, mm-hmm. should be taken. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Rockstar? Like, they're just they're goofy. And like, there isn't yeah. there's emotional resonance in them. Like, I think they're well done video games, you know. And there's stuff in it that really hits for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying that like Max Payne is not cool and good. I'm just saying that it's like it is silly. But his name is Max Payne. His name is Max Payne, and the game is not like it's Mona Sachs. Mona Sachs. <laughs> It just feels like it's like, I don't know, this is something else. And I just also hate the like rock star centrist line. You know, mm. it sucks. I hate it. It's bad. Oh, also, anytime that this video game, Alan Wake 2, uh, <laughs> shows you a poster for Cold Casey. Yes. I lost it. <laughs> the thing is, they would, they, they would, people would do something like that. Well, I was imagining like the teaser trailer where it's like, Alex Casey and then it like fades into cold case you know and then like lies like a flame that snuffs out or whatever (laughs) right yeah Yeah. Um, cold Casey is so fucking funny yeah (laughs) um the like yeah well I just I also just love the like pontificating Max Payne monologue shit it's just good every time it's so Mm -hmm. good um and I think part of it is you you have to you have to take it just seriously enough, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the stuff in here just yeah it works as like a you know them doing that pastiche again. I think it totally sings. Um, I'm I'm curious because like I played Max Payne two after I played this game. So oh shit yeah. I'm curious how that stuff is gonna land after the one on it because they're doing a new game plus patch. Um, oh right and mm-hmm. 
and they have like new story stuff to go with it. People like data mine cutscenes and shit. Oh, but sick. I'm gonna wait okay. for the patch to replay it. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious how that stuff's gonna land because I yeah. didn't know at the time that it's literally the voice actor for Mac Man. Oh yeah. So like what going was... on that trip was yeah is is yeah it was very fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, I'm really curious about what those remakes are gonna be. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Even though it's like I, because the thing is, like I'm both like on principle, like you don't need to remake those games. They're still so fun and so good, and they look great. You just mm-hmm. don't really need to do anything to them. They like totally work, right? And I guess this is like the, and also I'm like, even if they were like unplayable, it's like I still want the old thing, and I don't want yeah. the new thing to replace it. But I am like curious about are they gonna like film all these dumb TV shows that are on it? <laughs> like I do want to see that. You know, I want to see it. Uh and I'm I'm sorry if that makes me a sellout. You want <laughs> some you want the actors acting out the stupid like King Bride. Yes! I want that so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like fucking Bridgerton, you know? Like that would be good as hell. Please do this. Uh, um, How are they going to try to make Mona Sack sexy is my question. Oh, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, anyway. I couldn't say. <laughs> oh, Next, should we talk about, should we talk about, Alan Wake too. <laughs> should we talk about women? We're going to talk about women. Oh my God. <laughs> The ending of this game, mm-hmm. I was like, I I finished it, and I was like, man, what a fucking great game. What a great yeah. ending. It's so rare that you get good game endings nowadays, you know? Yeah. Like, like she calls, she calls, and nobody picks up, or, like, it, it's ringing, and then it cuts to credits. Like, the fucking video games. That's gaming. Yeah. And then it cuts back to Alice being like, I'm a secret agent, and <laughs> I've orchestrated <laughs> all of this. So I'm like, God damn it. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I, I did. I actually, because I, I kind of called it from that. I was like, well, because you also get some visions of her and shit, you know, as you're like yeah. moving through the house. But like, it's also would be nice if it wasn't stated, you know, because it is there already. Like, yeah, like I know she's in Cauldron Lake. I know that this is what is happening. Right. Um. She's wearing like a jacket, like she's a fucking Avengers <laughs> character. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I hate uh, it. I don't like it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. Do you? I I feel like I wanna. I want to talk about the suicide stuff in this, and I'm not. I guess I'll say the. The reaction I had, because there's that sequence where you watch, like, the last documentary clip of her. Which also, by the way, all those documentary clips of her just, like, talking to the camera are incredible. Like, this, this actress. I fucking hate this fucking Yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Um, like, whoever's playing after, Alice. Because after... um, it yeah. is, unfortunately, oh, the, yeah, she's the, really actress, good. the actress who played her in the original Alan Wake passed away in, like, 2020. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just um, gonna say, like, I know you were gonna talk about it, but like, yeah, after after playing Lane, <laughs> like, oh yeah, uh, this the writing in this is like miles, like yeah. more elegant and like way better at, um, mm-hmm. yeah, 
no, I just thought it was really good the way it was handled. Yeah. Well, and that that sequence because the last set of photos are like her jumping off the cliff. Right. And it's yeah. so I, I had the same feeling of like watching uh, Matrix Resurrections for the first time. Oh, wait, for the only time and being like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, well, because there's just something like so. I don't know. It's hard for me to talk about um, because suicide is simultaneously so taboo and so sensationalized. And so like it's this very complicated rhetorical thing that people do all sorts of things with and a lot of those things are like really hideous and sort of like grotesque right and i I don't mean like that suicide is hideous or grotesque but that people it's just very complicated right and to see something like willing to sort of approach it with this frankness and this like head-on-ness that like that like because resurrection is a similar thing and there's definitely like room to criticize that and i think there has been interesting work done kind of trying to like unpack and think about like what this what that movie's doing with suicide but like also i was just like shocked that it was like willing to go there and not you know i don't know it's just it's just really powerful to me and i was like i just did not expect that that would show up in alan wake 2 you know i was really like blown away by it and i think you're right i also feel like i missed part of the ending here where like alice is talking and maybe i I don't know. Because I did have, like, audio glitches throughout this whole game. So oh, there might have been something with that. Like, yeah, when there was, like, the phone calls during load screens and stuff, um, it would have, like, gaps and the subtitles and the dialogue would be out of sync. And then sometimes if the loading screen, like, ended before the call was over, it would just cut off. Um, it was, like, weird shit like that. So it's, like, possible that I had, like... I did also have a bit of trouble in the movie theater, um, just, like, with glitches stuff. Cause oh, weird. Yeah, well, I was playing. You you played on Xbox, right? I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So I was playing on PC, and so I think the load time stuff was not as fast, right? Because um, mm-hmm. I had stuff where it was like I would change the scene, and it would take like thirty seconds for it to actually load in and be different, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it depended because sometimes it was really quick. I I think it was just like my machine is like not is like perfectly competent but not like on the cutting edge and i think this is a game that demanded like a little bit more than it was like super capable of handling but also totally could do it and i think with like a few patches it'll probably be great you know um yeah yeah anyway so i don't know if i have any more thoughts there but yeah i think i like get well, i get what you're saying and i understand i just don't know if i like saw the same shit that you did i guess and so okay. i'm like so yeah. okay I'm I'm pulling it up right now because I saw the because I saw the and thing that's like the you know he when he says it's it's not a loop it's a spiral yeah I saw that that whole thing but I don't remember yeah. like Alice talking to the screen and being like I did this to save you and oh. yada yada well fuck here yeah <laughs> um, this is okay. like yeah this is like important okay I, I'm watching oh yeah she's wearing this jacket. Oh, wait, I remember this shit now. Okay, yeah. Yeah, her implying that she went to the Bureau of Control is so... Right. I don't like it. <laughs> I I kind of just memory hold this. Also, to be frank, like, I... So, okay, so I live in an apartment that is on the third floor of an apartment building and has lots of windows. And this is a game that you kind of have to play without bright lights. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're we're going to record tomorrow evening 
and I don't want to have like two hours of game to play before that. Yeah. Like normally I would just leave it for like the afternoon or whatever. But so I like play. I was like it was like 11 or like 12 p.m. when I like mm-hmm. became Alan again on the beach and was like, I think mm-hmm. I just have to see this through. <laughs> yeah. And so I stayed up to like 1.30 in the morning finishing <laughs> it. So I that was probably because I did see this. And I remember her talking about like, oh, I went to their offices. So yeah, I went to the Bureau of Control. And I think this is what I'm talking about. Like the like, like sequel teasing shit that it's like, I just yeah. don't care about that. Like I, I like the more gestural, you know, control stuff. I like that there's an FBC agent there. I don't like that there's going to be stuff about Alice in Control too. you know? And that I know um, that now. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. They're they're making two DLCs for those video games. Right, also. right, right, right. So yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm I'm just yeah. like I guess a little nervous that the DLCs are going to be like well because like okay I'm of two minds about the Alan Wake one DLCs which I both think are like that has the best level design in the game right and it's a couple like really great moments. There's like a great exchange between Tom and Alan and there's like the the tape with um. With Alice yeah. that you talked about on the episode, right? Yeah. That's really good. Um, but also, like, the plot does not advance in those at all. Like, they just don't matter. Sure. <laughs> you know? Even to, like, this game where it's, like, basically Alan is in the same point where he starts at the mm-hmm. beginning of that DLC at, it like, midway through this game, right? Um, and in some ways at the end of this game. Oh, also, yes. speaking of which, I love that final phone call from Alan to Alan. And... Where he's where Alan's like, I'm never going to get out of here. And he's like, yes, you will. And no, you won't. And I'm sorry for what you'll have to go through. That shit. Hits. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so women. Women. <laughs> right. God. Uh, so I was I just gonna say I really like Rose in this game a lot. We talked she, about this before. Rules. She's so cool. Um, Because I I think she's one of... I think this is one of the things... We've talked about this before, but it's like... You can really tell that post um, Quantum Break that there are women on the staff writing narrative, like working on the narrative. Um, And I think Rose in particular is like one of the things where that really shows up, right? Because she's such a device and sort of like a blank slate character in one. And here she's so textured... She's so much like kind of interesting things going on. And like, I, I love the way that like, cause there's sort of this Alan writes saga and he's like haunting Alice and just like, doesn't care about Rose. And is not thinking about Rose at all, but that like, she is more on to him than anyone else in a certain degree. I mean, she obviously idealizes him, but she knows what's happening in the town mm-hmm. and she knows all these things. And she has this knowledge about what is ha- what is going on that nobody else can have. And like the way that it sort of like gives that to her, even though she attributes it to Alan, right, is really, I don't know, there's something really nice about that, about the way that this whole thing is structured, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's, I just think it's really lovely. I think it's sick when you say a code word to a character and they're like, oh, Yes. Sick. <laughs> Why? But it's like, I love that it's like Alan didn't tell her that. Yeah. You know, that it's just like she knows that there's going to be a hero in his dumb book because, <laughs> you know, of like the manuscript she's seen and like all this other stuff, right? I just think that yeah. is. Um, 
Yeah. I also love her being at the, uh, like, when you go into the karaoke bar or whatever in Watery, and there's all those, like, things that pop up to talk to people, and you, like, I, like, talk to Rose, and she's like, shut up, Ati's singing. (laughs) 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 It's, it's just, it's just good. Yeah, and I like her Um, little notes in the lunchboxes, too, and her little Almic fanfiction stuff. I is like that she she has the standee from the first game. Yes! She has her little shrine <laughs> still. Oh my god. It's um, so... I don't know. I just think it's good. Uh, what was I gonna <laughs> say? Um, oh, did you um, did you see the mayor? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah, it. <laughs> that's very good. Um, you get... Uh, you pick... You see all these like stands for like vote for the mayor he's gonna he's gonna do this and whatever yeah mayor setter won't roll over on the issues uh that's right right yeah <laughs> and you just meet mayor setter and he's just a dog <laughs> and, he, and then you pet the dog yeah it's good it's good yeah well there is there is there is or was a small town in america that has a dog mayor right i'm not like making that up I have um no idea. i believe there is probably i believe this is a thing you can look up so it's you know um yeah uh, did you get all the did you get all the deer heads no what happens when you get all the deer heads so um back at the lodge because, um, okay one thing though before you say like yeah me me pausing the game going to the deer and just hearing saga in the <laughs> weirdest voice imaginable imaginable being like six left i'm like what the <laughs> fuck yeah i only got and that when I, there was then, one left and then i was like oh she keeps petting the deer that must be what that is yeah but the game never mm. tells you no it's very much um, so yeah, what what happens? So you back at the lodge, there's like that hallway where Casey's room is, and there's just like, you know, a bunch of hotel rooms in the lodge in Bright Falls. And once you get all the, uh, once you pet all of the taxidermy heads, um, when you walk back that hallway, there's just a deer standing at the end, and it goes into a room, and then you can go in there, and there's like a shit ton of items, um, and that's it. Oh. So okay. it's like very, but it's kind of it's like cute. You know, it's just yeah. like understated, right? And that was the collectible that I had the least trouble getting because I just got all of them except one, like naturally. And then I was like, oh, I think like there's a deer. Like I didn't pet because, you know, the mine place is based on that room in the lodge. And so it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't pet the deer head that's in there. And so I bet that's the last one. And so I just went there and did that and then got it. Um, yeah, I I put it together way too late in right through that i was on so i was just like uh, yeah i could get it get it next time cool, and it, it doesn't super matter yeah um it just it just threw me for a loop because i and i kept hitting <laughs> the button because she kept being like six remaining i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> what do you fucking mean by that <laughs> and it was like so ominous i'm like what the fuck oh that's cool though i like that yeah Um, um. Yeah, manuscripts don't count for achievements in this game. That's nice. Yeah, I think yeah. I also like the first game. Have not read all the all of them. Oh, I read. I read. I think I read all the ones I picked up. 
Um, and yeah, I also think generally the the uh, I think just the writing. I mean, the writing across the board is better, but I think the writing of the manuscript pages is better. And I like the the thing where stuff is scratched out and written in, and it's sort of like what you know. Mm-hmm. what what was there before what was horrifying about it that wake wanted to repress or you know whatever what's going on i think that's kind of interesting yeah i also think there's something too like we talked last time about uh serial experiments lane being like a multimedia project and that yeah. that is remedy games at this point yes 100 percent. yeah these, but i also uh, like that it's you know. oh sorry keep going yeah no you're good just that like I like that it's all it is a multimedia project, but it's all contained in one thing, you mm-hmm. know, and that it's not like, oh, I have to go listen to a podcast or I'm going to watch the Halo show on Paramount Plus or whatever right. the fuck. Right? right. That it's all sort of in one object and it just is interested in a lot of different ways of presentation. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. And I just think it's a good video game trait to have. Like, there's a, I mean, like, you know, say what you will about Kojima, but like people like those games in part because of that, even though like gamers would complain about how many cutscenes are in Metal Gear Solid or whatever. It's like, it's cool. It's cool when games are like interested in things that are not games and have like lots of investment in them, you know, it's neat. And it's not that every game has to do exactly that, but like, it's cool. I just like it a lot. And yeah, I just think like, I don't know. It's, I would take a billion Remedy games over one Kojima day, a game every day of the week. <laughs> Damn, I'm, okay. I'm kind of a hater. Yeah, I'm that's fair. Ha- I, I like Metal Gear, but it's... Yeah. Come on. No, I think that's... Well, I I don't know. Because, I mean, I, I haven't just played. Think, I haven't played Metal Gear in a long time. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, me neither. I, I played Metal Gear Solid yeah. all the way through the first time fairly recently, but I haven't revisited two or three... Um, and I have also, I haven't played four and I, <laughs> so, yo, you when know, they re-release that shit, oh my I'm God, pa- I'm kind of excited about it, but, what a uh, dumb game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that it's dumb to be like, I know what happens in it, you know, um, Big broadly, mama. <laughs> shut up, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, it's man. What the fuck were we talking? Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> FM- so FMV. So yeah. <laughs> Nightless night. Nightless night is so good. <laughs> oh yeah. Hmm. Um. What happens in Nightless Night? So it's, do- <laughs> it's Alex Casey is in. It's. I mean, it, it's like a retelling of the intro of the game, basically. Right? Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Um, but like, but Auti's there, and like, Alex Casey is like the stand-in for like Nightingale, um, and Auti and Auti and Alex Casey go to Asana. <laughs> That's some. They point. sure do, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's like they, you know, it's very like, um, it's kind of these weird segments where it's like Casey will get killed and then he'll like wake up somewhere and the sort of, you know, it's very dreamlike. Right. And that's part of where like the nightless night configuration comes from is like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like not being awake. God, did you get this little dialogue sting where Alan Wake is like in the city where night never ends? They watched 
the they watch the film where night is only in your mind or something like that. Mm. That's that goes fucking hard. (laughs) 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 Um, I just my key experience with Nightless Night. mm -hmm. First of all, that entire level is great. Yes, it's very good. Uh, Yeah, I agree. The like that one and the hotel are just like. That's top tier gaming for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like not even like the gameplay, but like going into spaces where fucked up shit is happening. Yeah. And you're seeing like the after effects of it. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, no, that's very, a very, it's a very, this is something game that I really, yeah, this is something that I really like about the evil within two, um, mm-hmm. which we'll play eventually, but yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very love it. Love it so much. Yeah. But then watching Nightless Night, and one, the fact that it's in Finnish is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Well, that's the uh, thing. I was like, I mean, I know that this is like, I don't know, this is like the fucking line about remedies. Like, I can't believe they put this in a video game and this sort of shit. But I was like, wow, they just put an art film in the middle of this. And like, it's optional. Like, you don't have to fucking, you can just leave that room, you know, and not (laughs) watch it. Right. And like, it's, it's just wild to me that they put like that much production and like effort. And it's like very, you know, it's like, you know, you may not think it's good. I mean, we both clearly really like it. Right. But like clearly a lot of effort was put into it. And just the fact that it's like, we're going to do this just kind of basically just for the love of the game. Right. Mm -hmm. There's not really another reason that this is here in a, in a, like a gamey sense. Right. Um, And certainly not for like plot reasons. It doesn't matter for that for those terms really you know um um i just remember watching and being like this this is still going this <laughs> yeah. this is still happening yeah yeah well because i i i too as i was like oh this is probably going to be like five minutes you know f- it's gonna be like a little trailer a little segment but it's, it's basically like, like 20 minutes yeah it's a complete <laughs> short film it's really cool yeah um yeah, and I, I think it also, I'm curious, I sent it to a friend who's, like, interested in uh, these games, and but has not played Alan Wake 2 yet, and I was just like, would yeah. you just watch this and tell me what you think about it? Because it's really involved in a bunch of this game shit, but I think it might just work on its own, and I'm just curious how, how she's going to react to that. So I guess I'll report yeah. next time. But, um... Yeah, yeah and I think, um... I have mixed feelings about the way uh, that this game is going to be perceived and like the the, like buzz around like this is like I love this game. It's also like it is going to win at the game awards for something. Right. Oh, for Um, sure. Yeah. And like the aspect of like the way people talk about like it's, you know, this is unlike any game etc etc whatever right but like and and like and 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 some of the like stuff that they've been saying around this game too is like we're it's like it's like we're an a24 for video games sort of thing which i think it's a little bit cringe but i understand why you would say that but it's but they just take all the right things that i would want out of movies and just put it in their game and yeah. it's just good yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know what else to say <laughs> right i think that is the 
because I think even though even though I was like pretty excited for this, um, like this and Baldur's Gate three weirdly were like two big budget games that are like really popular and have a lot of buzz that I was like kind of hyped for pre release, right? Which mm-hmm. is like I don't want to say oh I'm above being this well like clearly I'm not, but I, it is not super common for me at this point that I'm like excited yeah. about something that's uh, that's like big and that's about to come out. Um, but even that, like the way the game, the way this game got a lot of praise at first, like made me nervous more than it made it was, me excited. Yeah. yeah. The GameSpot um, 10 was crazy. Yeah. I was like, Metal Gear Solid 4 got a 10. So what's wrong with this game? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that. It's so. Um, and I think I think I do like. I Yeah. I do also kind of wish like. I had played it more gradually than i did or like mm-hmm. um or maybe not even more gradually but just like more consistently right mm-hmm. um and like a few of the things about like my experience with it that i wish we were a little different um mm-hmm. but like i um but yeah it just really it like so i was a little bit nervous going into it and i was also like not i think i felt I didn't like dislike the early stuff like you did or like we're having active trouble with it. But like I was pretty lukewarm about it, you know, and it really did just win me over. And I think the last half of this like from because I did the like um, basically like the sequence where you go to the beach and play the song and then the theater stuff, you know, and so did through that to the end. And basically from that point forward, I just think the game is basically immaculate right yeah. like yes. i just i really you know and so yeah so i think there's like um and i also think it was nice like uh i'm forgetting hold, hold on let me look this up um oh yeah so this is uh the eurogamer review of uh alan wake Two by Alexis Ong, which gave it like six out of or six out of ten, three out of five, right? Mm-hmm. Was helped me like reading something that took the piss out of it a little bit. I think helped me yeah. calibrate my expectations a little bit better, um, to the point where I could then get really excited about it. Yes. Right. Um, that's anyway, it's just a good review, and I think people should read it. Um, yeah. And that I'm curious, also, yeah, yeah, that also was very needed in terms of like. Okay, no, okay, I'm not the only one who's like, yo, this saga shit kind of sucks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. and I think that's I, sort I of I was the, glad that, po- I, I was glad that article was out there for me to be like, okay, we yes. also, I also have this issue with the game. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think it's also, I think it's like, I think certain stuff, I think Disco Elysium was kind of in this position too, where... Well, and even like Elden Ring, like, I don't know. I think it's weird being a really critically acclaimed game puts you in like a weird spot, I think, because and maybe this is maybe more of a virtue of like me being in the circles that I'm in as opposed to like the broader gaming culture, because like there's not really Baldur's Gate three haters in the broader gaming culture, right? Like everyone is just pretty into it. Um, but like, I do feel like, like so much of the discussion around Elden Ring was like in bad faith and like very weird criticisms of it that felt very like strange and sort of ungrounded, even though I think there was like a fuck ton of shit in that game to be like frustrated with or like, you know, 
Um, like, I just don't think that like there is stuff to talk about, but I felt like sometimes the stuff that people did talk about was weird. And I feel like I, this is sort of just a broad thing, but like this, this happened with Disco Elysium too, where it's like, um, because the game was so highly praised and because you're like, this is the best written game ever made. And there was this hyperbole around it. I think people did play it and felt deflated. And then some, you know, and then also there was all this discussion about like, is this actually like super problematic and like the Chapo people being in it and like all this other stuff that was sort of like yeah. actually not really about the game, but like, you know, and Alan Wake 2 has not been like a victim of any of that stuff. Right. But I do just think like there's so much like meta discussion stuff and there's like and because there's so few like genuinely like thoughtful and honest critics in the space right it becomes very hard to like sort through that stuff i think you know um i don't i don't know if that makes sense i feel like that was like a little bit all over the place um but just that i'm really frustrated with where games criticism is at broadly even though i think there are a lot of like really talented people doing this work and it's hard that it's frustrating that sometimes it feels like we have to sift through all this other stuff to like get through to get to the good shit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that there are people who are like doing that work, you know, like Alexis, I think is just like Alexis review of, of uh, uh, banished vault for polygon. And I'm friends with Nick who made that game full disclosure, but like, that's a really great piece of writing. And so I'm just glad there are people out there like doing this thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I think this is a game that is worthy of like thoughtful derision, if that makes sense. Yes. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think you know, in some ways, that's a compliment to it. In some ways, that's a diss on it. But like, but that's good. I just think it's it's productive for a game to be in a place where you can be like, this is not my bag, or like, this is I have this. I don't just I can't just dismiss it entirely. You know, mm-hmm. um, whereas I think people, you know, where I can with like Call of Duty Marvel for three, I don't give a shit. I don't care, you know, like maybe. And there's like and not that there are people who I think could do interesting work with that game. I'm not saying you couldn't write something interesting about it, but it's just a, at the end of the day, it's like this is not an object that's really going to provoke something out of me. And I feel like wherever you land on Alan Wake 2, like it is going to bring something. You're going to have a response to it. And I think that's like a, it's a good place for something to be, you know. Yeah, and I, think I also it just, think like, yeah. Like yeah. the moment you say we're going to be like the the A24 version of this, yeah. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to come at it with like it deserves to be looked at like under the same lens then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so to be, I, I saw yeah. I saw Dream Scenario recently, um, which is like this A24 core comedy with uh, Nicolas Cage in your dreams and shit. That shit was terrible. <laughs> I don't it was like awful. A, that many A24. Yeah, well, this is what I would say. It's like, you know, <laughs> like maybe you're better than A24. Maybe, you know, it's like that. Uh, if you fucking see this meme that's been going around about picking like your GF or the PS5, I think it's Northern Lion, the streamer, and he's like, you know, I'm like, if it's you or the PS2, like, because that has a library. <laughs> I just think you should value yourself more. You know, than to compare yourself to a PS5. And that's kind of how I feel about like Remedy being like, we're like A24. It's like, maybe you're better. Maybe you can value yourself more. Yeah. I Um, fucking hate Ari Aster movies. Oh, yeah. This also, this Dream Scenario movie is Ari Aster produced. So there you go. Um, uh, I mean, I like, you know, you know what's good is uh, like Uncut Gems. It's a good movie. Say A24 movie. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, they they got some bangers, but you know, um, it's also weird. I think to well, I guess I don't know. I guess Remedy is such a weird thing because apparently they have like a live service game, and they made that Crossfire X campaign and like a bunch of other stuff. That it's like it's I don't truly, really know. It's it's also like it is such. It is I like this is like published by Epic. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. and like this game, we've been talking about it for two hours now, yeah. is like oozing with like creativity. Um and I'm just like when when are the like w- like mass layoffs in the industry and shit? Like oh, when is yeah. this gonna hit? You know? Well, I think that's what, also like, the thing. Are they safe? Because it doesn't feel like anybody's safe from this shit. Yeah, I don't Um, know, like, because I don't know how much of, like, how much continuance there has been at Remedy from, like, Max Payne 1 to now. Yeah. Um, But I do think this is a game that, like, this is a game that directly materially benefits from the fact that they made Quantum Break, Right. And that they have all this experience with shit with Quantum Break and can carry that into. And it's just evident, like in the thing. And so I don't know. I like it would be interesting to go into like material history. Like, is the guy is the fucking cinematographer on Quantum Break like the same guy who did it for Nightless Night, for example. Right. Like, I don't know that. I don't know that there's that direct experience exactly. But like, to me, this is a game that it is this culmination of like 20 plus years of experience and like obviously like sam blake's job is okay like that guy's not going to get laid off right but that's but that the fact that the studio has had this continuous identity and this is also one of the things i was going to say earlier is that like people are like this is unlike anything else it's like that's not true it's like fucking max Payne 2 yeah this is it is like you know they've been doing this kind (laughs) of thing for a long time and you know and it's and i think it's weird to like not view it in that context right and i think in some ways this Mm. is like even though I think I think Max Payne 2 is still like top three remedy games, probably. Although maybe I like Max Payne 1 better. It, I, I don't know. I played it like I played it like last week. Yo, it whips. It's real good. Yeah. And those are the best action games they've ever made, like easily, no question. Um yeah. but uh so um you know, and so it's like that continuance is so valuable to it. And it just like the idea, mm. like you bring this up, it's like the idea that there are people there who made that maturation happen and who made that continuance yeah. happen and made it rich and beautiful and interesting that are just not going to be there in six months or whatever. It's like yeah. heartbreaking, you know, and that's happening like people are not being able to have that experience at all. Right. So often. Right. Like, there should be so many more remedies, right, in terms of, like, studios that have, like, really unique and interesting identities, right, and, like, a particular body of work that shows off that. And, like, all those studios have been, like, eaten alive, right? Yeah. And it's just, it sucks, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, although yeah. also notably, I don't want to be, like, I don't want to be being, like, oh, Nintendo is the good one. Right. Or like things like that, because people will often talk about like, oh, Nintendo has like this long, you know, like people have like stable careers there. And so that lets them like bring lessons in and stuff. And that's true. I don't mean to like necessarily discount that, but it is like also like a lot of Nintendo's labor is based on like contract workers who do QA and like all this sort of mm-hmm. there's like lots of insidious shit there. And I don't want to be like, oh, Remedy is like 
beautiful and like exempt from those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Right. Just to be clear, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like there are things that make Remedy like unique and interesting as a studio that it's just like too bad that that more studios cannot be in the position that they are in. Right. Yeah. And like are like is this like is it realistic for this kind of game to continue to exist? Yeah. Or like when like when does the money stop showing up, basically? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's the fucking Although like, I do double think fine thing, you know? It's also I I don't know, Remedy has had such a weird thing. Because I was gonna say, like, this is simultaneously like this is a really expensive game in many ways. But also like there's like three levels in it. And you use yeah. like it uses like the same, you know, it's like three levels per character and you go through the same locations like multiple times. Like it's yeah. not, you know, um, like it's not very big and none of it's like procedurally generated, I would assume. And so that's like that's part of it is it's both like, yeah, this is clearly an expensive game and it clearly costs a lot of money. But also it feels so much smaller than mm-hmm. like other expensive games from this year. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I do. I like I don't you know, I can't really speak to like remedy sustainability in like environmental sense or any of these senses right that you can use that word to talk about but there is something about this that feels a little bit more like normal to me (laughs) in terms of size than like a lot of video games do right now right Um, for sure yeah and just the idea that like that they're gonna make some like what if they made a live service game and it got destiny big that would be the worst thing that could ever happen to remedy you know (laughs) yeah that'd be terrible yeah I mean, not the worst thing. It would be worse if, like, you know, 25% of the staff were laid off or whatever, right? <laughs> to be clear. But. Yeah. 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 Because, um, yeah, I think it's just not, like, even if this game, like, sweeps the game awards and, you know, whatever, all that stuff, right? It's not, there's no guarantee that it will be, like, that it will be a life raft for the kind of work that it does to continue on, you know? Even though they clearly want it to be and clearly positioning it to be. Yeah. Um. Okay. Should we talk questions, or is there anything else that you want to bring up? We haven't talked about the songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. Um. Oh, so I think I was going to mention this earlier, but. All the music for this was, I think, written for the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think sometimes pays off hugely. Like, I think the Poe song that's written for the Alan it's Wake good. segment, great. I think the mm-hmm. the Old Gods of Asgard stuff, also really good. Top I think tier. the fucking hip-hop song about Mr. Scratch. <laughs> Wait, what? Did I, what? Do you... Hold on. What? What? What's the name of the song? Hold on. Oh, um, uh, fuck. I don't know. Let me look this up. Uh, I'm probably gonna. I, I think I found it. Okay, yeah. I don't think it starts off that way. So if you like moved on, but there's okay. like a verse. Like there's a Hold man on. who does bars. Hold on. Okay, I'm listening to it right now. Hold on. Okay.
is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, I think I <laughs> it sounds like. Oh, hold on, I'm on the second verse. Okay. I don't hate it, but it does. But it does sound like when uh, when people make raps about upcoming games. Yes, it does. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. God, um, I used to be into that shit, ashamedly. Um, um, yeah, I have not heard that. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think there's like a little instrumental part, right? At the fr- yeah, so anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I also don't like the uh, the Imagine Dragons song that plays after you wake Alan up in chapter two. Um, I'm well, actually, I kind of do, it's kind of hype, but also I hate it. Um, which is like the <laughs> now I'm now I'm wide awake, yeah. you know, because uh, I was I'm like. Now I'm Alan Wake. This is what I'm saying. It's it's yeah. It's exciting that Alan Wake's, you know, have you seen this video of the Oh, I'm forgetting who posted this. Um, but somebody posted a video. It's this guy who's out walking, you know, in the city, some somewhere in America, I think. It could be Canada, but I think I think US. And there's like a dog that's trapped in like a bodega storefront. And it's like out the window. And so the guy's like, I'm going to get you out. You don't belong in there. I'm going to get you out of there. And I think this this person like posted that video and was like me to Alan Wake. (laughs) 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 And and so like when he's on the shore, I was, yeah, you know, feel it. It's like, you don't belong in there. I've got you out of (laughs) here. You know? (laughs) Oh. Um. Um. Yeah, I think the music's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I the other thing, okay, so there's two things also about it. Um so I so I just like the credit. I think part of it is that Alan Wake one just has a really good set of these songs. Um and so like the fact that it's a little bit more mixed here is like, oh okay. And also I kind of wish they went like full roadhouse and like filmed studio sessions or something. You know, mm. like I, I, maybe it's more expensive. Like, I don't know what the production process is like, but I think the the way that the Roadhouse stuff in Twin Peaks season three, like brings this broader world, because a lot of Twin Peaks season three to me is about like. The thing that happened to Laura is happening everywhere, right? And it's like this. It's not like universal exactly, but it is this like broader thing, right? And that's why it's sort of like a, a U.S. trotting experience rather than being so you know centered on just this town right and the Mm -hmm. way that like the music serves to bring this like the real world into that Mm -hmm. stuff and these you know actual groups and actual musicians that are playing there it's like i think just really lovely and so cool and i love the space it gets gives you to like sit after the episode is over right and you know to be fair like it's not like each segment of of this game is as rich as an episode of Twin Peaks The Return, right? Um, but 
I do just like the space that it that gives. And I think this does a fine job of doing it, but I almost wish it went like a little bit further with it. Mm-hmm. But it's also hard. It's also it's also kind of like shitty to just be like, yeah, it should be more like Twin Peaks season three. It's like, yeah, maybe a lot of things should be more like Twin Peaks season three. It's really good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ugh. Um, OK, are, are we good for questions now, do you think? Um, um let's not to, uh, like, let's keep asking let, that, but I'm just... no, let's take a break and then we'll do questions. OK, that. that sounds good. two hours ago and when we were like <laughs> have we ever done a show long... that's over two hours no uh, well you know um yeah i think but it might as well be this one you know it really it really might as well be yeah i feel like it's interesting um oh also i was gonna say another game this is also like silent hill like the like not to be Obviously, there are differences, but like in Silent Hill 2, James watches a VHS tape that has like this direct and important impact on the plot. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not this has been in video games for a long time. And I think this is a very good example of it. But I just think it's I, I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know if we need to overstate its originality to like make a case for it being worth engaging with, you know? Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, should we do email questions first? Um, uh sure. Yeah. Let me get those. Mm-hmm. Where I put the documents somewhere on my screen. Oh yeah, I have it up. So I I can read the first one. Um, okay. Cool. Just from uh, Jen. It says as a longtime Remedy fan, Alan Wake Two took me by surprise. I was expecting them to try their hand at something closer to horror, and they succeeded by leaps and bounds. But the game also felt like a statement by transforming the history of Bright Falls, turning into a Finnish community, hiring Finnish artists for all the interstitial chapter songs, and bringing on famous Finnish actors for the town residents. It felt like they were putting their own stamp on the genre fiction they played around it for so long, and almost exclusively set in America. Uh, do you think Remedy has successfully pushed beyond their influences, building something that stands on its own? And are there any other AAA games that you enjoy that feel like they're one big artist statement? Um, 
I think that's a really good question. I I think I feel like the answer is yes, but I guess I also don't know if like gun to my head, I would say I prefer Alan Wake to its influences, if that makes sense. Uh, say more about that. Oh, I just mean I like at the end of the day, if someone was like Twin Peaks or Alan Wake, I would be like Twin Peaks. Right. Oh, and sure. I might even be like Alan Wake or Stephen King. I might say Stephen King, you know, right. which is not. And part of it is also like that's a big Stephen King's written so many books. And so it's like, well, OK, if it's, is it like is it like the Stephen King who wrote Rage? Because, you know, I could do without that. <laughs> right. I could I could do without needful things. That book's mid as hell, you know, so it's I don't mean to be like. It's too blanket a statement. Also, we don't have to make these kinds of decisions, which is wonderful, right? Like these mm. things can all exist together. We don't have to rank these things, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, and so I guess I don't know if it like maybe surpasses, but I do think that like Alwick Two is like interesting as an object in and on its own terms, and you know you, you don't have to. I think you could play this and not have engaged with King or Twin Peaks or any of its other influences, right, and get a lot out of it, right? And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not purely referential. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to answer this question because so much of why I like it is because it is pulling from different pastiches, yeah. and I just like when it just plays around in those spaces and just... Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the charm, especially with Remedy, is like, you know, they are pulling from other things and kind of making it into their own. Um, and so it just feels like an extension of that for me. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I, I definitely do think, I do think it's a bed, like, as a standalone thing, way more, like, a way better and like interesting of an object than the first one. Yeah. Well, um, I was just going to say that, like, I think the torchbearers versus the cult of the tree is like maybe a good way of talking through this. Yeah. True. Because like the torch, a, there's not really like other members of the torchbearers besides Weaver. And she's yeah. also just the log lady, except yeah. way less interesting. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and so then in this one, you have, like, Ilmo and Yako, like, I, that's, that conversation you have with Ilmo, like, after Yako's been killed, like, in the sheriff's yeah. office, is so good. And it's, like, also, I think when these things, it's optional, right? Like, you don't have to talk to him. Yeah. But, like, that whole thing and them talking about their motivation and, like, that relationship, the way that builds through their stupid advertisements and stuff is so mm. lovely and is also not just, like... It's not just these are not just Twin Peaks characters. Right. And they're in some ways they because, you know, they're like that you could talk about those sort of arc. There's archetypal things maybe you can compare them to. But like then you're doing TV trope shit. Right. Like they feel Mm -hmm. like they feel like people and they feel meaningful in the context of this. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is such a like that is proof. I think that they've really evolved as artists since that point. Right. It's just that how much. Mm -hmm more interesting and intricate that stuff feels right when they serve a very similar role in the story all told right yeah which by the way did you watch the last uh commercial i didn't find it so tell me about it it's during deer fest and it's in the diner 
Okay, I just didn't go in the diner during Deer Fest. And it's um the one remaining one. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, and he's I think. Uh, yeah, and he's like because it's like it he's he's reviewing uh return. Oh yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> and he, and it, but it's not about the book, it's just about a, a book as an object and it's like like it's the 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 way the book is bound is immaculate and just like all <laughs> just like that sort of stuff and it's really good but yeah. then but then every once in a while he will like toss it to the other brother who isn't there and then it just is really sad yeah oh uh, but yeah but, that's um, such a funny knock at game reviews too yeah um, it's it's really good i'll send it to you after this it's really yeah good. <laughs> okay no that's good i yeah it's just that stuff is I, I think i also love that like that um this is just a thing i like i think generally is when something starts out as absurd and then becomes poignant you know mm, like that yeah. like the way because at first when i saw those commercials i was like what are we doing like i don't really care about this and I don't think it's that funny, but I think the iteration on it and then the fact that it's like, oh, these actually become like people, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that you can understand and like relate to and empathize with. Right. Like really makes that sing, you know, um, like I think that's something that's just nice about it is that it does feel like even when those early parts of the game were going and I was like, oh, I don't I don't know if I super vibe with this. Like it, it led somewhere. It paid off to something. Right. And that was really satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at it right now. Return is printed on a firm, high-quality, white offset, uncoated paper stock, uh, <laughs> make, <laughs> making every page uh, true to light to turn in your fingertips. It's so good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And meanwhile, there's like 50 reviews of Alan Wake 2 that are written exactly like that. <laughs> shot to the head. It's oh. so funny. That's amazing. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and are there any other AAA games you enjoy that feel like they're one big artist statement? I do feel like, um, for better or worse, Kojima's work does kind of fall into this. They are idiosyncratic. They are, you know, it's not that, obviously, there's so many talented people around him that make that go. In particular, like, there's this anecdote, I think, about Metal Gear Solid 2, where they, like, interv- they basically, like, every person, like, put a list of, like, 50 features they would like to see in the sequel to Metal Gear Solid, right? And so mm. it's, like, that, you know, that studio is, like, this inventiveness generator that, like, creates that game, you know? So I, d- I don't want to, like, overstate his thing. But it's also, like, he has particular interests and predilections, and every game that he's directed has those interesting productions in them and is engaged with them. Like, you know, they do. It is that way. Um, I'm trying to think of like other things here. Silent Hill 1. Silent yeah. Hill 2. Hill two. <laughs> Silent Hill 3. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to I feel like this is kind of a different tack, though, like. Like, Larian has kind of a house style in terms of, like, encounter design and, like, um, that sort of thing. Like, that it, it's a little bit harder to pin down because it's not, like, big genre stuff. And I, know, I guess that doesn't, it doesn't really qualify as, like, artist statement because those are both, like, like, I've only played Divinity 2 and... Actually, I played a little bit of the first Divinity, but that's, like, it's like a Diablo game. It's kind of different. Um, it also is, the, like... 
I don't know. Artist statement feels so broad because like yeah. Final Fantasy 16 is an artist statement, you know? Yeah, you know, that is true. Oh, I'll say, you know, I think I think PlayStation, well, Final Fantasies 7 through 10 at the very least, and probably like 6, 4, and 5 in there too, right? Um, Like that is also a fairly continuous group of people that are iterating on similar things over and over again, you know? Um, And that feel like, but also those games are so expensive. It's just like, yeah, I think it's a tricky thing because i think there is like um but i do think you can tell i think there's a difference there's a thing that um melos hontani the game developer talks wrote about and it's kind of a um maybe imprecise framework but he talks about like alive games and dead games mm-hmm. and basically it's sort of like the higher the scale you get of production the more likely your game is going to be dead because there's just more people. Mm. And so it's harder for you to like have to feel the humanness of the person, the people who are making it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in some ways that can be kind of productive. Right. Cause I, I think, um, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to like, think about like, if you watch like the Soviet war and peace, for example, you can't tell me that's not a human film, even right. though there's like literally thousands of people on the screen at any given time. Um, yeah. Um, you know, but I do think that, uh, um, but I do think there is something true to that though, that like, if you play like any of Melis's games, um, you know, like Stephanie or, um, Adonai, which, which they make with, um, Marina Kitika, um, those are games that feel like so personal, so human, and you're really plugged in and it's just like because a huge part of it is it's just two people right and so it has it has to be very particular and kind of make sacrifices through that you know um sorry just give me one second uh yeah does that make sense i you also i don't have anything more to say you can you can go off on your thing now if you have Uh, something else to add no i don't have anything (laughs) okay um so uh, yeah yeah next question is from emerus uh if you had to create an awe or object of power what would it be what would it do i don't know um i feel like i i i i worry okay so i guess also in theory if we're using this formulation like i would prefer for any object of power or anything like that to to not get into the hands of the federal bureau of control. (laughs) So, and my means of doing that maybe would just be like, I have a little like plastic slice of cake. And when I, there's like a little strawberry on it. And when I click in the strawberry, a slice of cake appears on my desk. I just think just like objective human good. Yeah. I should, I just think I should have a toaster that always has toast in it. That's good. I like that. That's a that's an even better one because it's very because uh, I don't want to eat cake every day, but toast most days I can do. Yeah, you know, very yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Yeah, because I, I I guess like I don't know. I guess also the other answer I would have is like I would like to have a death note. I think. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I think if you're a person of conscience, you probably want to have a death note. Um, <laughs> but maybe, you know, maybe that's tyrannical because, but I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like be in charge of, of figuring out what we do with the new world, but I'm happy to kill some people to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, Damn, it I seems... can't believe, I can't believe Grace would admit to killing Henry Kissinger on the podcast. It's crazy. <laughs> I wish. Oh. <laughs> I would have done it like five years ago too, you know, at the very least. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that I think, <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all I got in terms of answering yeah. this question. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, Crystal asked, "Is there a video game where walking up a spiral staircase feels smooth?" Um, I I don't know. I feel like I'm going to say no. But this is also partially, like, in castles, you have a spiral staircase because they are hard to climb. And because it's, like, disorienting to climb them, and it's tight and contained. And so, like, you know, and it's easy to, like, push people down. And so it's, like, a defense thing. So it's, like, the reason that climbing a spiral spiral staircase is hard in, like, Dark Souls is because it's, like, hard to do in real life when you're, like, wearing a suit of armor and going up some weird stairs, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm interested. Did you have an answer to this question? I don't think I do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know either. I was going to say, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 is easy, but those are separate, like, screens. Right. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. I love the little animation of Snake going up the stairs. I don't think there's any spiral staircases in those games, though. What if instead of a microwave hallway, it was a spiral staircase? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I think the, I mean, you know. What if instead of in Resident Evil, instead of the like laser room that's in the movie, it was the spiral staircase? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I also feel like maybe I just don't have enough video games to draw on here is maybe part of the issue. You know what? Okay, I've got an answer to this. In, in like top-down RPGs, it is easy to climb a spiral staircase because mm. you just click on it and you're good to go. That is a smooth yeah. user experience. Boom. Um, okay. Uh, do you want to read this next one? I think I read the last one. Uh, uh, sure. This is from Tube. Uh, played Alan Wake 1 this month, and as a horror baby, I was surprised at how not scared I was. What is the least scary game, least scary horror game you've ever played? And what is the scariest non-horror game you've ever played? Yeah, I don't know if I would classify Alan Wake as horror exactly, but it is up there in terms of like horror themed things that I do not think are scary. Um, I I'm trying to think of like other. Of like other. um horror games i guess you know i don't think um i don't know like layers of fears yeah (laughs) i was i was kind of gonna say that like i don't think those games are scary um i think there is kind of like there is i listened to this podcast i think it was daft souls which was like a podcast that matt lees of shut up and sit down used to do about video games um 
And there's someone on there who talked kind of positively about Layers of Fear, but it was like, it's like a fun house. And so you go into a room and like something silly and weird happens and it's fun, you know? And I kind of get, yeah, but I think that's exactly the thing. I think that's all Bloober Team games to me is like, sometimes something kind of cool happens, but it's never really scary to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, but that also, that's also how I would describe some parts of Alan Wake 2. Yeah, although I think that's true. Although I think Alan Wake 2, part of it is I think some of the existential stuff in Alan Wake 2 is kind of scary, Yeah. right? And I do think like that sequence with nightingale is scary to me like straight up like i was freaked mm. out during that part uh, but also video mm-hmm. games don't tend to get me too bad i think like the anatomy yeah. got me so that's just oh yeah anatomy that's maybe the scariest me. game ever made yeah yeah um so yeah what is the scariest non-horror game I've ever played you maybe minecraft <laughs> This may be a dumb answer, but like <laughs> when I was playing Minecraft in like high school, when it was in like alpha, that like seeing a creeper was like a horrifying sight was so terrifying to me, you know, mm-hmm. and like that was a game that I had like legitimate like I remember playing it with like friends. We were like cradled around the screen watching someone play and we were all like screaming and shouting aloud as like some combat thing was going on. And then like the way that, you know, you're safe in the day, but nighttime is bad and stuff like that. Like that got me a lot. I don't know that it would. I don't know if it would scare me now, you know, but at the time I definitely found it like unnerving. Um. Yeah. OK. Um. So in terms of scary games, and this is actually a good um good thing to talk about with Alan Wake 2. Um Five Nights at Freddy's I probably can't play. Mm, and yeah. Cause it's like all tension and jump scare shit. Right. I was gonna ask you what you how you felt about the frequency of the jump scares in Alan Wake 2. Oh yeah. I so I think you could cut like 80% of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because there are at first because I just get I just have these fixations about games that things I wish they would do. It's like I wish more games had cuts. Right. Mm. I wish more games had fixed camera angles. And so at first when I was like, there's so many cuts in this. This is so cool. <laughs> you mm. know, I'm pu- I'm pumped out of my mind. That there's so many cuts in this video game. And then it, it sort of like <laughs> and then I sort of started to settle into it. I was like, actually, OK, we could do with I could do with less of these, actually. Um. Because it's always just always the same thing, you know, and even when I was scared by it, it felt so cheap, like it just, you know, and I think sometimes it would actually be scarier if it let the atmosphere kind of soak in a little bit more. Um, I think the only I didn't mind them, but the only part where I would say it really worked was when you go to cut the clicker and then and then scratch appears on screen and then the the clicker disappears. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the only time where I was like, okay, that was like an actual good use of a jump scare yeah mm-hmm. well because um, i do like the i do like the jumps the the aesthetic stuff where it's like the weird like yeah um oh my god we didn't talk about the game over screen oh yeah shit what the man fuck dude <laughs> that's a, so fucked there's such a funny clip that i just watched today of <laughs> sam blake like previewing it with like ign or some 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 like game thing <laughs> and and the guy's like, the guy demoing it is like clearly kind of freaked out. And Sam looks like, yeah, it's a horror game. 
<laughs> That's um, so funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's scary. It's unnerving. I think some of the gore stuff in this is like, like I love picking the heart out of the fridge. That's like mm-hmm. ooh, something about that, and like the writing that's like tattooed on it. That's cool too. Yeah. Um. God, we um, could talk about that, this game forever. We could just go on. Is, that death screen is truly like probably the scariest thing in the game. To me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, the video stuff, like the way it overlays different shots is really cool. Yeah. Um, But it, all, it was also just overused to to the point of humor when it was like Cynthia Weaver yeah. <laughs> doing the jump scares. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% with you. Um, um, but I was going to say non-scary game that I found scary was Skyrim. Because of the fucking oh. spiders. They're so oh, scary. Yeah. I hate them. They're too detailed and they jump on you and I hate it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I really hate the spiders in Dragon Age Origins. Or, you know, Dragon Age 2 specifically. There's like this way that they crawl down from the ceiling. I don't care for it. I don't like it. Um. Yeah. What about scariest yeah. non... Oh, that was what you said. You said Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. So I stopped playing Skyrim straight up because <laughs> yeah. of the spiders. Probably well, mod them out on the console you, versions now, but yeah. Did you play? Did you play Dark Souls Two at all? Uh, not all the way. Yeah, because there's that like spider level in that that I think is like a major obstacle to some people getting I through. Think that's where I stopped. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. I was like, I won't fucking do I was, this. Yeah, like I mean, I have, even even like the big ant enemies in Elden Ring. Uh, we're like, oh, do you we're, know what I pushing it? I fucking the hands in Elden Ring. I will never get over that. Oh, for it's me, so it's the scary. dogs. The oh, dogs the dogs are, are scary too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I think actually, well, I guess I might. Uh, you could argue that Dark Souls that that those are all horror games, and you could. Make I would, the case. yeah, I would argue that at least aesthetically. Yeah. All right, and. uh Cameron Cameron asked us to rank the characters <laughs> in the game, please. All right, um, thank you, Cameron. Thank you, Cameron, for extending the runtime of this podcast. Yeah, God. <laughs> so I'm going to share my screen. Okay, yeah, please do. And we'll just do this. Okay, that sounds good. We can do it collectively. Okay. All right. All right. So can I just say, uh, Rose S rank with a bullet? Just put sure. it right there. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. Done. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we have Octi here. Oh, I'm gonna say a B. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, good. So far, so good. Saga. Uh, I'm gonna say A. Yeah. Alan okay. Wake. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you think? Uh, if it was one Alan Wake, I would do like D, but two, two Alan Wake, I would probably go either A or B. Well, let's do A. Let's do A. Okay. Okay. Mr. Casey himself. Uh, I feel like we got to go S on Casey. Am I wrong? The way, the joy on Sam Lake's face. As he's dancing in Herald of Darkness, 
Oh, is so yeah. Good. Oh, it's the so dance pure. in Herald of Darkness is, yeah. Okay, yeah. Alice um, Wake. Oh, I'm going to say A. I would, I would accept disagreement on this. I was going to say either B or C. Mm. All right, let's go. And B. really, and really, it's the post-credit scene that really right. does it for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. No, it. I think that's the that's the thing. As I was gonna say, like I get that. Um, is this Estevez. door? Oh, Estevez. This is Estevez. Uh I guess B, maybe C. Um, I'll do B. Okay. So far, I feel like uh, we're very top-heavy, which is fine. Uh, um, these are the the brothers. Oh, I don't know. A? I go A too. Okay. Well, let's do that. I like them. Yeah. Th- these are the old god old gods. Uh I'm gonna say B. I like some of the stuff with Tor a lot. But yeah. um Alright, this is a door. Okay. Uh, maybe B also? <sighs> A or B, I guess? Sure. Yeah. I'll do B just because of the impending right, familial yeah. stuff. Yeah. Thomas Zane is an A to me. Okay, yeah. Because there is that part where they get drunk and... Oh yeah, and then the fucking <laughs> pose of the fall song plays. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's I like that bit. Re- and, and then Alan's like, "It's called <laughs> return because we return." <laughs> yeah, that's good. But this uh, is one of the sheriffs, and I don't remember. Oh, which he's one. like the so. There's like the Steve Buscemi one, and there's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm I'm gonna say Steve Buscemi sheriff is a C and other sheriff is a D. Alright, cool. Uh and this is the quantum break sheriff. Uh let's let's say C. How do you feel how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. These are this the two a- characters at the beginning of the game that oh. like sneak in. E? I just don't care about them at all. <laughs> Uh, and then we have like the radio guy. Uh oh. Mm, D. Right. I like I like the radio stuff in terms of like atmosphere and things and like the way it kind of builds up some of the story stuff. Like I like him refusing to believe that that woman is dead. Like that stuff is really cool. I don't know if I care yeah. about him. You know, generally speaking. Um. Yeah. Those are all the like two only characters I think in the other. Oh, okay, yeah. Now, now I'm seeing that. I was like, this is a very long, <laughs> no list. Um, so yeah. But yeah, actually, I think I would probably order it this way too if we were to like do like a pure, like Rose, Casey, Saga, Allen, brothers. Uh, I'm forgetting what their last name is. Um, Zane, Ati, Alice. I think that would be a you know fine fine way of doing it i think it is i guess maybe this is a good sign though that it's like we like the characters in this game and think they generally do a good job but like only sort of characters that are on the periphery of the story like ended up low right Mm -hmm. and like most of the principal characters are pretty high 
Yeah. Oh, should we rank Scratch? There is a Scratch one. I guess that's technically American Nightmare Scratch. <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I want to say C. Yeah, I think that's. I think I was leaning D, but I think that sounds good. I think C's good. Well, they have like characters from the fucking miniseries. The, yeah, like Bright no. Falls miniseries on here. I don't know what this comic is. Either. I know. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> this is a very comprehensive list. Also, for the record, uh, Barry Allen. S. Barry's I like S. that you. I love that you go to uh, Deerfest and somebody's like, he didn't write very into this that much, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it. I think it seems like he might show up in the DLC. So, um, yeah. Okay, great. Well, Rose, thank you for going on the 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 journey of the story of the journey of Alan Wake with me. Yeah. Uh, not a musical, the the podcast. Um, it's been yeah, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, <laughs> I am I am ready for that DLC to come out or that yeah, patch to come out. Me too. I'm I'm would definitely play this game again. I don't know if I will right away, but I will probably at some point, and I would. Um, and I think I'm I'm curious to see how. Like yeah, I want to see. There's something that feels kind of perilous to me about recording a podcast so close to the bar, although I don't think it's ever been a problem on previous things, but I am curious to see how this game is going to settle for me in a month. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what is going to come out of that? And I'm excited. Like, that's the thing is it feels like it feels rich. It feels like a cool thing to engage with. Um, yeah. Should we do plugs? Yeah. Is there something else you want to say? Um, no, other than I have like a makeshift Cult of the Tree cosplay ready for MAGFest. So that's <laughs> how go! I feel about the game, I guess. Yeah, let's go. Uh, is it um, more um is it more in-game Cult of the Tree or is it like Nightless Night Cult of the Tree? Um It's like I mean it's not much. It's just like I got a deer mask and a lamp. Sick. And I have like a and I have, I have like a cape I'm gonna wear and some like That's dark great. clothes. That's perfect. <laughs> they don't need anything else to do that. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very minimalist when it comes to dressing up as things. Because mm -hmm. I All don't right. have money. <laughs> yeah. Who does? That's some so people. True. Um. So true. It's <laughs> so sad, but true. Um. Okay, yeah, we're so we're hosted on the Admiral Mapping Network. Uh, mm -hmm. You can find our uh, podcast on Twitter at Podcast Safe Room and uh, The Safe Room on co-host. Uh, we have a Discord, and you can find the link to that at SpookyGame.club. Um, you can also sub to our Patreon at Patreon.com slash The Safe Room. We have exciting podcast stuff coming out there that we'll have more news about uh, eventually. Um and yeah I, i'm trying to think what's the last thing we did was it the uh it was <laughs> my memory is so <laughs> shot i can't <sighs> we're fucking in the dark place right now we're going in circles we, well we did lane the anime and then yeah we also did like handheld talk was the last yeah one of those. i think that's right so. okay 
um yeah it's good but, shit yeah we'll, we'll we usually talk about movies and we can do that again so yes we can yeah we're gonna talk about like mungo soon um yeah. so um and yeah you can email us questions like the fine folks did today at uh questions at spooky club uh oh excuse me rose where can people find you online i'm on most things as bluest rose 430 and uh, I am some configuration of Grace Machine, whether Grace underscore Machine or Grace Dash Machine on Twitter and co-host in Blue Sky and Tumblr and whatever the fuck. I've, sometimes I think about getting a Mastodon and I think that's probably a dark future. <laughs> um, but it may come to pass, just like many dark futures occur in Alan Wake 2. You know? Speaking of video games, next time we're going to play... Yes. Resident Evil remake the you know originally for the GameCube and now like on basically every platform imaginable uh remake yep. of Resident Evil uh I played this before and you've played most of this or parts of this before yeah um I played a lot of it I haven't finished it though yeah so. yeah excited it'll be good it's it's just good I'm excited to play it again it's just a fun one um mm-hmm. All right, I think that's it. Thank you all so much. Um, and there's so many pithy sign-offs I could go with here, but, you know. <laughs> give me a champion of light, and I'll show you a herald of darkness, okay? Think about that. <laughs> God, I fucking knocked my... <laughs> From what I've gathered, you grew up nice and sheltered With mama's pretty stories and your own made-up fury And mama gave me a magic clicker Well, yes, I think it's true and fair to say Come on in the listen
Stories of crime and chilling thrillers of hard-boiled killers became bestsellers. It was all too much. I had to get away.
such a dark place am I trapped in here? Is this real? I cannot remember. There was a manuscript that held a key. A vicious cycle I must not surrender to. Echo scenes to seek out again and again until I figure it out to bring this song to its end.